0: You're listening to the Geek Out Loud podcast, the official podcast of geekoutonline.com. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Geek Out Loud, the official podcast of my blog that never gets updated, geekoutonline.com. So glad to have you along with us today uh, on this month's episode. We actually, it's kind of freaky, going to have more than one or two this month. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, what what I've attempted to make a monthly podcast uh, is this month going to have the shortest month of the year, mind you gonna have the few gonna have multiple episodes maybe maybe it depends uh we'll talk more about what's coming down the pipe at the end of the show right now though i want to introduce everyone to my guest today he's been on before he is in he's currently in a hosting co-hosting war with Derek and casey
1: hello hello it's
0: dave jones ladies and gentlemen
1: thanks for having me back steve
0: flash (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ah. brought that by the way Uh, Really? Yes. We're not watching that. I know, but I just brought it. We'll watch Star Trek. (laughs) Okay. That's just said that. Anyhow, Dave, welcome back to Geek Out Loud, sir. Welcome back to Hazelhurst, Georgia.
1: I know. This is like big time. And you get down here... We've been trying to get together for months. Yeah, we have. And
0: it just hasn't worked out. Things haven't worked out. And I I said this time, when when we set this date, I said, by hook or by crook, he's going to come down. So my house is a mess. Um, I'm skipping out on my job tonight. And uh and i said you know what because i told i made a commitment to dave that he was coming down and here you are here you know i act like i'm the one that's going out of the way to drive three and a half hours to get to where you are (laughs) a
1: little road trip never hurt anybody it's nice
0: well you know dave that's how i feel about it i enjoy the road trip the occasional road trip myself now um you uh you and i went to the star wars concert together yes i don't know how much i've really talked about that on the show proper um what you know we're two months removed from it three months removed yeah gosh it was back before christmas it was november wasn't it? yeah holy cow time has flown by November 13th maybe what is, is your four month removed i you know i think it was awesome it totally was totally wasn't it not great yeah yeah. I think the arena was perfect for what it was, you know, and, and that arena. the uh I know you had some issues with the lobby stuff going on in the lobby and everything. You were real grumpy. You were real grumpy <laughs> oh, coming on. out there that night. Yeah. You were a grumpus. I was grumpy You were real grumpy.
1: I was trying to get over to Plo Koon, if you remember Yeah,
0: I do remember that. You're <laughs> a Plo Koon guy. And the kids were just all What all is the appeal way. of Plo Koon? Just
1: the way he looks. I mean he just looks like he's just has all the answers. Re- uh,
0: really? <laughs> Tells me, he doesn't look like he has all the answers he looks, to me. He
1: looks and sounds if you watch the Clone Wars, like he has all the now, answers. Now
0: his voice on the Clone Wars really surprised me. Yeah. I was expecting something a little more alien, a little more muffled. Um You
1: really don't like Plo Koon.
0: I just don't I like him you don't fine. Have a connection. I'm not anti Koon. I just don't look at him and be like, ooh, my favorite ever. Well, he's not I don't know if he's my favorite ever, but he's He's got
1: a cool look to him, and I think between him and Fisto. I'll okay, take him okay. Any day see,
0: and I'm the See, I was about to say between him and Kit Fisto, I'm a Kit Fisto guy. Okay, but I'm a Sacy Teen guy more than anything. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm, everyone's like, "What? Who? Huh? <laughs> what are you talking about?" For everyone that doesn't know, Plo Koon's the bug-eyed, weird-looking guy that's mm-hmm. a Jedi in Star Wars. You will see him die in Episode Three with his ship blowing up. Uh, Kit Fisto was made popular in episode two when he threw some battle droids back with the force and smiled. And, smiled and he's it. been featured prominently in an episode or two of the Clone Wars. Uh, and C-Teen hasn't really been featured in anything, but he looks kind of like the devil from the movie Legend. Yeah, he does. Only without the red skin. He, he gets does. killed in episode three in Emperor Palpatine's office. One of the first to go down, in fact.
1: And uh, Fisto, let's, let's not forget, Fisto got flayed in uh, Palpatine's yeah, office. Yeah, but as he well.
0: fought. He he kind of <laughs> he hung in there for a few seconds, you know. He hung, he hung in there. I mean, Agent Kolar and freaking right. Sacy Team, they just, they dropped like flies, hey, man. Now but, I
1: wondered if the Force, if they became one with the Force, because there was no bodies laying around later in the later shots. Was there not? I didn't notice it. The, the, the maintenance system. droids got them. The maintenance <laughs>
0: droids got them, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, Agent power. <laughs> Senator Palpatine, <laughs> Chancellor Palpatine always making a mess. <laughs> uh, no, oh, they man. didn't disappear, though. They couldn't have disappeared. I guess not. Yeah, because so.
1: it wasn't known at that point. No, do that. No, but man, what about the uh, big TV that was playing the? I mean, this was like a big screen. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That the, was playing. Well, it's
0: three stories tall. This thing is apparently. Um, it is the largest traveling high def screen projection screen anywhere. I don't even know if it's a projection screen, but it's it's the largest high def screen that move that travels in the world, and it was. F- to see Star Wars, and bring on the Blu-rays. Absolutely. Bring on the Blu-rays. I, I mean, let's just do it. Um, I know they're wanting to do them right. I, I know that we'll probably get a million types of special features. But I'm telling you what, if I go to Celebration 5 and they don't say one of two things, either one, Blu-rays coming Christmas time, or two, we've got Blu-rays here for you to buy, I'm going to be kind of ticked off. I mean, I, you know, I, I really it, it bring it on. Yeah. We've got, you've got the high def transfers already. You're there. Let's do this thing. So, I mean, if they got short circuit on Blu-ray, they <laughs> should have Star Wars on Blu-ray. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Which short circuit looks great on Blu-ray, by the way. I was I really bet. surprised. I bet. So, then, anyhow, um, we, I say all that to say welcome.
1: <laughs> yes. Thank you very much. Thank you.
0: I mean, last time we talked, I mean, the first time you were here, we talked a lot about your wife. Um, yes, we did. <laughs> your wife went with us to the concert. She did.
1: She did. Joy she did she had a good time How you
0: doing joy joy thinks i'm obnoxious Oh my God. <laughs> that's right i brought it i brought i brought all the outside stuff to the, to I mean, the podcast he, this
1: is really pulling the curtain back here this is like
0: i'm trying to remember what i was being obnoxious about
1: i didn't think you were you, i don't know you jumped know. up and hollered because you were so excited yeah i was and being she got, silly she,
0: and she she got the brunt of the stairs yeah people that turned around so i think oh i was cutting up when we first got in there yeah Yeah. right and so she kind of like just reacted based on she really scolded me like it really took my energy out the rest of the time oh yeah
1: i'm gonna have to get on to her
0: yeah i bet you will (laughs) i know who wears the pants in your family sir (laughs) i'm kidding i'm kidding
1: um well let's not forget that you brought a guest as well so
0: yeah but she didn't call me obnoxious (laughs)
1: I mean, I mean, we say this to say that right now, currently, we have women in our
0: lives who support our geekdom and who will go to things like yeah, this. yeah. I guess. I mean, I don't really like to talk about the relationships too much on the podcast. Right. There's no sense in getting in personal lives. Dave. No, I'm,
1: I'm just saying I think it's cool because a lot of I guys just want to call
0: your wife out for calling me <laughs> obnoxious on the show. That's the only thing I wanted to do. All righty that's the only thing i want to move along um, move along no when you've been here before we've talked mm-hmm. about a lot of things one of the things we talked about uh the first time you were here was doctor who like really i found out so much about yeah. doctor who the one thing we didn't talk about was the sonic screwdriver <laughs> and i even i think i even named the episode we didn't even talk about the sonic yeah. screwdriver um for those of you not in the know doctor who has completed kind of its fifth what they're calling its fifth season, which mm-hmm. was made up more or less of five or six little television specials with the 11th Doctor, yeah. 10th Doctor, David Tennant. And, uh, and David Tennant finished his run as Doctor Who. <laughs> let's pull the curtain back and let's really talk some serious stuff here. Uh, was it under kind of duress that he that he stopped being the Doctor? I mean, did, didn't he make the decision to leave with one of the show's rebooters russell davies i mean russell davies came on he was really key in bringing doctor who back to television in 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 the uk and and he's been like head writer kind of a showrunner for a while now and he's gone and and did david Tennant decide to leave because russell davies was leaving
1: i think so um he also said he was afraid if he stayed on yeah that he would just stay on forever because he and he didn't want to like wear out his welcome
0: yeah but wow. he loved being the doctor. Yeah, he like, did. he really enjoyed. And I tell you, I, it took me about three episodes, uh, if that. To, oh, no, I tell you, it took me about three quarters of an episode to really get behind David Tennant as a doctor. Because in, in the special, uh, after Christopher Eccleston's doctor had regenerated into David Tennant, and uh, in the episode where he was still kind of sick from the regeneration and everything right. and still struggling from it, in the alien invasion. And when they finally get some tea into him and he kind of perks up and he does his whole Lion King spiel with the aliens, <laughs> I was like, I'm on board with this guy. Yeah. And then he goes from that to, you know, I don't even know what kind of man I am yet. Mm-hmm. You know, he's talking about how it's all new, describing and everything. And, and when the guy tries to double cross him, he kills him. And he's like, I'm the man that doesn't give second chances. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And uh, And that's been the kind of ride it has been for the past few years with David Tennant as the doctor is – is to watch these seasons with him. I, I've just been fascinated with this character that, on one hand, is so light and 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 just sees all the excitement in life, and then on the other hand, he's will scare the bejesus out of yeah. you, man. He'll scare the begallery out of you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he will. He's. Um... But
0: David Tennant. I mean, he like uh, he really enjoyed being the doctor. This isn't one of those things where he's going to look back on this and be like. Can't believe I did this. No, what a no, bad move uh, in my career. So.
1: Um, in fact I believe he told his mother, I think there's a story when he was a young child that he, he wanted to be an actor and she asked him why and he said so he could play Doctor
0: Who. Yeah. When he got yeah. older.
1: So I it, that was uh,
0: cool. it um but it but they ended with these these television specials. Mm-hmm. The first one was a couple of Christmases ago, the Next Doctor. The next doctor, yeah. Then they did Planet the Plan of the Dead, which both of those were kind of fun yeah they were well and they were kind of like just standalone episodes mm-hmm. but then you hit uh waters of waters mars and and it and it really turned around i mean that that had a really weird turn to it um it did as far as the way he took him I, and i you know for those of you who aren't into doctor who let me suggest this to those of you who have thought about being into doctor who and haven't really gotten into it i'm just going to tell you straight up honestly i've tried to watch some of the older stuff and i do have a harder time watching it I don't find the joy that I get out of watching Christopher Eccleston or David Tennant. Um, I understand that it's not... And it's not about the the effects or anything. It's just about how different the time feels and how how different the doctor himself even feels. And I just... I guess if I took time to get to know some of these doctors, because your favorite doctor's like the dude with the scarf, right? Oh, that's the dude with the, uh, the celery. Polo, polo, yeah, with the yeah, celery. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Peter Davison. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure if I took the time to get to know these guys, I'd really enjoy it, you know, but it, it's just a matter of taking the time to get to know and them.
1: It was a different format. Of course, they had the serial format. Right. And uh, so you'd have a four-part twenty five minute yeah. episode as yeah. opposed to one straight, you know. Television's changed so much. It changes yeah, oh, every sure, year. Sure. You know, so.
0: And it's and it's so much. and it's always been so different in the UK than it is in America anyway. True. Um but if you want to start watching Doctor Who, you can sincerely jump in on on what they're calling series they call it series one mm-hmm. from back in two thousand five, mm-hmm. correct? With yeah. uh with Christopher Eccleston playing the role of the doctor. I jumped in on that. The knowledge I had was the knowledge that you heard me gain on that one episode of Geek Out Loud. And from there, I just went on this ride with these characters. It's great. You can get them on Netflix. You can get DVDs on Netflix if you're on Netflix. Instant Watch. You can buy this stuff on iTunes now. Um, They have
1: a lot. Now they're rerunning quite a few on, like, BBC America.
0: Yeah, it's it's really accessible to get a hold of these things. Sci-fi. We'll show Doctor Who episodes every now and again. I would suggest get into it. Don't expect... Here's the thing, and, and this is this is my thing with Doctor Who, and, and this is where we're about to get off and talk about these last two episodes uh, that were called... Um, the End of Time. Part the End of two. Time Part 1 and Part 2. In the Doctor Who universe that we've known since Christopher Eccleston's been around, and really since that movie you told me about that I've never seen that I'm really interested about seeing on Fox... Um, since. You should not watch that. <laughs> I want to, though. I want to see Sylvester Stallone play the doctor. <laughs> Isn't that his name? No. Sylvester McCoy. Oh, Sylvester McCoy. And he's only in about
1: the first ten minutes.
0: Oh, okay. So. But wasn't he a doctor before that yeah, movie? Yeah, yeah. Okay, he he's a so Sylvester fan. Stallone was a doctor before the movie Doctor came about. Yes. Who Who was played by Peter Cushing. No, that's not right. It's Paul
1: McGann. Now, Peter. Now, hold on. Paul, Peter Cushing did play Doctor Who back in the um 60s i knew i knew or something that's yeah. what i want to see i want to see they did two of those movies about the daleks and Doctor. now the problem is is he's earthling yeah and his name is just doctor who Ooh, like his last name's Who. so it's totally out of continuity yeah it's not yeah. in continuity now jeffrey uh my co-host has yeah. let me borrow these i haven't watched them yet oh yeah you should have so, brought them with yeah, you i should have i thought Might about it I, we could have
0: stayed until four o'clock in the morning <laughs> and done done each other's toenails and pedicures that sort of thing eat some Oreos. eat some oreo double stuffed oreos (laughs) and giggled and watched doctor who uh giggled peter cushing's my hero right now. peter cushing is great i love that your little cousin jeffrey watched uh watched a new hope and was like hey peter cushing's in this and like really you got sir alec guinness mark hamill you got harrison ford and you're going to bring out peter cushing um no but but in these last two episodes part one and part two called the end of time um in, in the Doctor Who continuity as we've known it since Eccleston, his home planet has basically been destroyed, his home planet of Gallifrey. The Time Lords, his race, has been wiped out th- because of the time war between the Time Lords and the Daleks. And we've seen Daleks come back and come mm-hmm. back and come back in the series. But we've not seen the Time Lords reappear. With the exception of the Master. Yeah, with the exception of the Master, who mm-hmm. is, who's who's kind of like Bizarro Doctor Who yeah, almost. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, And so the Doctor ends up in this last episode the the master comes back and he is literally responsible for bringing back almost the time lords the time lords have basically you find out they've used him and his insanity they've reached back through time and used him and his insanity to draw them out of a time bubble they've trapped themselves in which would have, in turn, when they came out, destroyed Earth, and they realized they didn't care. And, of course, the doctor stops all that. Now, here's the thing. A lot of people who are geeks like you and myself, we tend to look at these things and be like, I can't believe they totally messed up the whole continuity by bringing back in the Gallifreyans and the Time Lords. Don't they know? (laughs) Now, sincerely, though, all I was saying was, holy crap, James Bond's the president of the Time Lords. (laughs) <laughs> they had, uh, what's his face? Timothy uh, Dalton, yeah, yeah, Timothy Dalton was the. Can I tell you something? I really didn't like Timothy Dalton as James Bond, but as I see him as an aged man, I'm like, he just gets better with age.
1: Well, speaking of Flash Gordon, you know, he played Prince Baron in Flash Gordon, the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. He was excellent in that movie. Yeah, yeah. And so I've seen him in some good stuff. His James Bond, I don't hate like a lot of people do. Right. It was mainly the storylines, I think, that kind
0: of hurt him sure. as far as James Bond, but, um, I mean I think he's pretty underrated, but now did you had a problem with the way they did the time lord stuff <clears throat> just
1: because the problem I had was because they were kind of portrayed as villains in a way or sure or you know they've always been aloof mm-hmm. or you know um holier than now i guess right, you could right, say right. but for me it's like the way that he longed for them i guess throughout the new series like when he talked about it he talked about it with such pride and and, you know, I'm the only one left. And, right, right, right. And, and for them to come back and you find out the reason that he destroyed them and the Daleks was because of the way that the Time Lords were getting. They got corrupt, I guess, somehow, Right, 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 war. right, Now, and their their master plan was to, like, become consciousness. And, like, I was like, that's your plan? You know, like, you're not going to live. You're just going to be some consciousness floating around. And I, it just seemed kind of weird to me. It
0: was weird. I, I like his point that he made talking about the Doctor, when he begins, when they begin talking about him, someone's like, "You always wanted to hit, see them come back. You always were talking about how great it'd be." And he's like, "That was before the war." Mm-hmm. You know, the Doctor chose to hold on to his memories of what was before things went went south with the Time Lords, and I like the idea that if you know, if they were in a situation where he had to literally destroy them all to to end this war, obviously there was something wrong with the Time Lords as much as there was the Daleks at that point, and I totally bought into everything that was going on and the thing and, and one of the things you have a problem with is in these episodes the master has to keep eating <laughs> yeah. to keep himself I, the way i understood it is to keep himself corporal he's got to have some mass about him that word was mass and um and in and, and and i totally bought in that because the one thing that's always at the back of my mind and that i'm always reminded of is these shows are supposed to be geared toward kids right you know those of us grown men and women who are into Doctor Who? We got to keep in mind it's a kids show. We're you're into. right, you're right, and you know, and there's going to be some goofy stuff in there from time to time. Yeah, you know, more often than not. Now, I was jarred by someone told me go ahead and watch Torchwood. I was jarred by just how much that's not for kids. I'm talking language. I'm talking in the second episode, there was some stuff. I
1: I, I wouldn't. I don't think it's a very well written show. So.
0: But they had his hand in these in this first season. <laughs>
1: they did, but it really doesn't. Does
0: he ever show up to get it? Cause he had it in that you've one season.
1: S- now you've seen the end of season three when Jack comes around and jumps on the TARDIS and he's like flying through the time. Yeah, who was and he's the, he's who, was the on. who was the Martha was the Martha
0: was the yeah. That's that's when he got the hand back because yeah. Jack had it with him. Yeah. So it kind of happens off screen. Yeah.
1: The finale of Torchwood spoiler for season one. Is the hand starts bubbling, so he knows he's there. So he, I think he grabs it and he runs out the door, and that's the end. You don't see the doctor on screen during Torchwood.
0: That makes me sad. Yeah. Well, because anytime I can see that, I, it, I, it makes me sad that we're not going to see David Tennant as the doctor again. It really does. That's yeah. how much I enjoyed him. Um, you're looking forward to this new. See, this is what I keep forgetting is you're a Moffat fan. You like Moffat, or however you say his name. Moffitt, yeah. Um, you you've liked his stuff i've got another friend casey who doesn't like his stuff at all she really? feels like he, she feels like everything he does is real contrived and he's got the same formula for every episode he writes split the doctor and the companion up make them do this make them do that and uh and it's always horror aspect horror horror the horror it's always the horror aspect of things uh with 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 moffett not not necessarily the fun aspect. But
1: you know, with him as showrunner, he'll have to write a bunch of different
0: types of shows. You would think so.
1: So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I, I do like the horror aspects of yeah. Doctor Who probably more than but the... But now keep in mm, mind,
0: as I already said, it's, it's supposed to be a kid's show. I
1: understand that. and But I mean, the, throughout time, th- throughout, yeah. throughout the history of time, now throughout Doctor Who's time period, yeah. it's always been a... I mean, the, the term they use in England is hide behind the couch and watch it. Like, the kids hide behind the yeah. couch and watch it. And it reminds me of, like, watching Temple of Doom or something when I was yeah, a kid. Yeah, and like yeah, you You loved, what well you couldn't turn away. Let me
0: know. ask you something. Does the show seem like a show from the 21st century? Does it, I mean, because I'll tell you, the reason I ask is because I watch this thing, and I always feel like I'm watching something from the 90s when I watch it. The way the way it's filmed, the shots, the the special effects and everything feel very much like 90s, american tv well i'm not i'm not and that's not a criticism i mean for me it kind of it could be because
1: it's like they probably don't have production budgets and stuff like that over there that are quite i just wonder if
0: they intentionally keep it sometimes low budget just to keep with the spirit of like the old school stuff
1: well i don't know if they would do that on purpose in in this day and age artistically I i mean there's been a lot of good effects too Sure, I'm Back I mean in the I'm day, not saying you have like rubber suit monsters and you could basically I mean, see the people in There there's
0: something to be said for <laughs> rubber suit monsters, Dave. Let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, I know. I know. There's something to be said for that. I just I what I'm saying is is I'm wondering if it's just British television or if it's, you know, what the case is, but it just I always feels it like, is. yeah, it just always feels that way to me. Um now that, some, you,
1: now that you point that out actually, I see it quite a bit. So. Something
0: else we haven't really caught up on and talked about a lot outside of Doctor Who uh which by the way i was i was pretty happy with the way things ended i mean yeah i mean i enjoyed know, it but yeah. I, you know when you go back and look at it as a fan dude when he stepped into that freaking chamber
1: yeah i mean my favorite part was when he had the gun and he was going back and forth between holding it to a wrestle oh yeah
0: yeah because it did it like five times right right right
1: and i honestly didn't know who he was gonna shoot
0: i'm just saying when he stepped in that chamber and the old man didn't want him to i mean like well, i am yeah. starting to get choked up just thinking about it. i mean that was that was pretty good stuff that was well,
1: th- what's cool is like the time lords the master everybody disappears and the doctor thinks he's one at this point and then you hear
0: yeah yeah no, he was going to knock four times yeah. and and i knew i knew when everything disappeared and everything was gone i said dude's about to knock on mm. the cage four times knock on that chamber four times and good night it was just so And just to watch his face drop. Yeah. And then this whole spiel he goes off on the guy, you know? Because he's so frustrated that he got through it all now. It it, that's when Doctor Who is at its best, when when there are five million emotions coming out of this one actor and you feel every single one of them with him. Yeah. I mean that's when well, that's when TV's at its best. Yeah, when it, you sure. know when it, when when movies are at its best. But but to me that's the one thing I've really noticed about Doctor Who from the time that I've been watching it, is that at any given time these actors have to portray that are portraying the doctor, they have to portray, you know, multiple emotions at once through one action. They have, you know, and and in this case it was he's having to portray his sadness, his compassion, his heroism and that little bit of anger. You know, yeah, he was and, very angry. Yeah, I was and,
1: surprised that he gave uh, Wilford quite a tongue lashing. So.
0: But Wilford understood. Yeah. that's what was so cool about that scene is it wasn't a companion, you know, that was going to get hurt and to be offended by what he had to say. It mm. was it was this guy who totally understood where he was coming from and he even said, no, "I'm good. I've lived my life. It's mm-hmm. okay." He's like, "No, I'm not going to do that." Right. And yeah, and I was like,
1: "Gosh, that was good. That was good."
0: And then his regeneration took a while.
1: It did. It did. Uh, and he got was, to say goodbye to everybody, which some people would say that's good television, and it probably is. But you don't.
0: You didn't like it. I just think it's convenient because you thought it was kind of contrived in the way he did. In things. a way, I
1: mean, I, I really liked the one where he saw Rose before she had seen any. Oh doc. yeah, yeah. I yeah. really liked
0: that one. Yeah, the fact that he went back to see Rose,
1: but because it brought it full circle. Mm-hmm. But I didn't like how he was just walking around, and I mean, I'm like, you're dying of radiation poisoning, and you're just taking it easy i mean well
0: i like that he saved like he saved uh martha and mickey yeah. ricky um and He's he Sintaran. he hooked up jack mm. harkness and uh he mm-hmm. uh gave donna the lottery ticket yeah gave donna the lottery ticket for for wedding and then uh and then he went and saw rose and uh it's, it was i mean the reason
1: that i dislike it in a way is because it probably like it doesn't the suddenness of death mm-hmm. when you think about it is he did and then and the past regenerations he hadn't really had time to no, say about yeah. anybody that
0: was the only thing i was kind of like that's kind of but hello we're talking about a reality in which a man travels through time <laughs> exactly the planet exactly. with two hearts i mean i didn't you i
1: know. didn't i didn't look at it and go oh my gosh sure. this is
0: terrible but i just and the truth of the matter is is a radiation sickness like or a radiation something like that you know i guess you go either one of two ways you're going to go the mr spock way where it's real quick yeah you know and that would
1: be my preference.
0: And, or, <laughs> yeah, more human. Um, <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> in all my travels. Jim. I Jim. In the ship, you will always say f- be my friend. You have been and always shall be my friend. <laughs> Live long.
1: And now, prosper. come on. When you watch that, you get upset. No, right? I don't. <laughs>
0: I really don't. I really don't. I don't care. I don't. I'm sorry. The Wrath of Khan is a boring movie oh to me. My God. There it is. I said it. Can I just say that? At...
1: Look, what about that part where he turns? Like they're all excited because they just blew Khan up, and he turns and looks and spots chairs empty. That part gets me.
0: It's just a boring movie to me. Wrath of Khan. It's a lot of talking, a little bit of submarine fight, and then, then Spock's dead.
1: And they, what about the what about the worms inside of Chekhov? I
0: mean, I mean, I just don't care. Let me tell you something. After seeing Star Trek by J.J. Abrams, and watching the freaking Inter- Enterprise come out of warp with all phasers firing at Nero's ship, oh, that's how space battles are yeah, done. Exactly. Not this. Drop three degrees on the z-axis. <laughs> Which I understand what's going on there and it's a great thought process, but there's so that movie's so weird to me, and as much as everyone loves it so much, but I'm like, nothing happens really. They it does, but it doesn't at the same time. Well, it does. Right. But then he comes back in, in Star Trek three, which I enjoy more than Star Trek Two.
1: Well, you enjoy.
0: But then there's Star Trek Four, sir, which is the greatest Star Trek movie of all time. Better than six? Oh heck yeah, better than six because you get Spock saying the hell I was communicating with the whales. Oh yeah, right. Greatest. <laughs> right. He didn't know how to cuss. And the mom
1: from Seventh Heaven is on that one. Yes.
0: <laughs> but then she like, "What the hell? are you doing? the hell I was communicating with the whales?" Yeah, yeah. I love it. Love it. Um, something else we hadn't really caught up on though, and and we've got to move because we got to get a few emails out of the way before we get into the meat of the of the show today. Uh, Clone Wars season two, man. We're over halfway through with the second season of Clone Wars. Yeah, and it's excellent. It has has there been a bad episode this season? No. I mean, in the first season, there was the one where Obi Wan and Anakin got kidnapped by pirates, and that little two part was kind of lame. Yeah, to me, that was kind of lame. There was the sh- the blue shadow virus. Yeah, I'm which like, yeah, which I'm was like-
1: actually pretty good when they went to the moons of Diego. yes
0: that was good that was good the first part of that though i was coming like, yeah the,
1: the villain is actually quite over the top yeah Dr. he was Vandy. a little too yeah. over the
0: top um there was one or two more that i just remember going yeah you know it was okay but i still enjoyed the the season and i just took those episodes that were kind like yeah to be what all tv is is you have episodes sometimes that aren't that great right Season two, I have not found that episode. Yeah, me neither. I mean, it has all been compelling. It has been good. And it has just happened. It it just moved so quick, man. It's been really good to me. Do you think
1: um, Asajj Ventress has been... She's been conspicuous by
0: her absence yeah i'm I'm interested to see what happens when she comes back i mean
1: i'm I'm, I'm waiting for that big moment where she pops up and pulls her hood. back. I
0: hope it's a surprise. I hope they don't spoil it on a on a they'll probably spoil it on like a preview or yeah. something, but I mean, I think it will be a pretty big moment when she when she shows up. I would love to somehow see her her and Grievous have to fight side by side again that would be that would be you awesome. Know, a few yeah, jedi. yeah I think that'd be dirty. cool. I'd like to see them actually take some jedi out, yeah not that i'm for the death of jedi right but, but grievous
1: had a bunch of lightsabers by yeah, episode three yeah so.
0: and he's and he's got a few already yeah. you know um now, but I, the one thing i will
1: say is i think kyle newman probably said this on the force but the schedule has been kind of all over the place well it's a uh, they started but, at eight now it's back to nine and right and,
0: but we're also still halfway through the thing yeah you know for all the hiatuses and stuff we've had we're halfway through the second season of Clone Wars, right. you know and and so i don't know i mean i i never miss it nah. my dvr always catches, DVR it. catches it so yeah. it, you know i haven't they have
1: it online for like the next yeah, week
0: so. yeah it's still one of clone War, it's still one cartoon network's highest rated shows i think it'll keep so. being there. oh sure well the quality is there and, I, yeah. and to all the haters out there you know watch you know this season of clone yeah. wars just watch this season of clone wars uh, I think you'll be blown away. I mean they uh, they've they they've figured out the balance and how ahsoka needs to be. Mm-hmm. you know they figured out the balance and in, in what characters to show they figured out the balance in, in really a darkness and like, you know versus kind of a lighthearted kid's show. I feel like they've really found a good balance. I think and maybe they went to Dr Who to find that you know maybe it's a watch this from behind the couch kids because there are some episodes that do get a little dark a little yeah. scary, but it's not over the top like, when you watch some of the episodes where they were trying to appeal to adults last season, I think of Rookies, which is a mm-hmm. big favorite yeah. from last season. It was a good episode. Absolutely. But there was a lot of language in there. Not a lot, but there was some language in there. There were some real gruesome death scenes. And it's like, they were, it's almost like, well, we're going to try to prove to you that this isn't just for kids. Well, now I feel like they found a better balance yeah. this season with that. Um, oh, dude, the episode where Anakin freaking chokes out Poggle the Lesser. Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: when he walked! Oh, yeah, it was oh nice. Oh my gosh! How about when he takes out
0: the Mandalorian? Yes, when he took out the the Mandalorian played, spy. They, this they played the slightest bit of the yeah, Imperial the, march. Yes, just a little bit, and uh, and he looks at him. He's like, what? He was going to blow up the ship. And it's like, oh, my God, he doesn't care. He just did it. It was, oh, that's the thing. Like, those moments that are just so great. And, and one of the other points that the guys, and I hate to rip off the guys from the Force cast, but one of the points they've made is that this season, they've really found their way of not having to reference the, the movies that much. Right. You know, they they've really gotten into this is our own thing. And it's become its own part of the Star Wars universe. And I feel like
1: when they do reference
0: the films
1: that they – that it's like, it explains a story. Like when Obi Wan went to Mandalore, he said Django Fett had this armor. Yeah, and then yeah, they explain yeah. that. So that was kind of cool yeah. to like build off of that. Because the whole time I'm thinking, surely they're going to mention Django. I'm
0: well, sure. A lot of people ticked off about that. By yeah, the way. exactly. Well, that's
1: that. That's you know.
0: That's a firestorm. But you had a question you wanted to ask about. <laughs> well, this is
1: this is kind of related. Hey, did you
0: hear me? Win at Star Wars trivia. No. Media junkyard? No. Yeah, I we, gotta go. To, I gotta. Go. Adam the Rando from the Randy Rando Randonopolis podcast. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He's a great Star Wars geek, and he was a great guy. And it was, it was really close. Really, like, I oh gotta my listen gosh, to this. It was so hardcore. I gotta yeah. listen to that. I was. It was. It was a tough fault. There was someone who listened. Someone called me and said, you own that guy. I'm like, no, I didn't. You don't understand. Yeah. I didn't own that guy at all. I was sweating bullets the whole time. Yeah. He was great, and we had a good time. That's so awesome. I can't say enough good things about him. I That's mean, he's awesome. just a really good guy, Adam. And uh, he's Adam the Rando on the Twitter, for those of you who are on the Twitter, and uh, the Randy Rando Randonopoulos That's awesome. Show. I'll check that out for yeah. sure. Uh, but that was on Media Junkyard on their Media 75th Junkyard. episode. So
1: um, I did want to say one more thing about the Clone Wars. The new characters they've introduced to me cad bane, uh, cad bane and um Satine, yeah they
0: feel like star wars characters cad bane really does yeah cad bane cad bane feels like a character that george lucas had in his back pocket for years yeah and just was never able to use in fact you i know? keep
1: waiting do they do like a special special edition where he's like hanging out in the container oh yeah 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah well it depends on his fate throughout yeah. the clone wars I mean, right can, it's true he like any die. other cool
0: bounty hunters he might just go out like a punk yeah
1: he could go to the sarlacc
0: you know? yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but, but I you do have a question I about Star question. Wars.
1: Um, this is kind of related to the Clone Wars in a way, and then it's related to the clones. Um, I, I've been looking online, and there seems to be a lot of debate about this, about Order 66, and I wanted to get your opinion on it. Right. Do you think that it was built into the DNA of the clones, or do you think they were just following an order, it being soldiers? When Palpatine says, execute Order 66, do you think something like tripped in their mind? that, like, set it off and they were, like, mind-washed into doing it? Or do you think that they made the conscious decision? Now, I know I, you've read Dark Lord, mm-hmm. the Vader book, and I have two, mm-hmm. and they deal with that a little bit. But without taking that into account, I was wondering what you think about Order 66.
0: Um, I mean, the way it's been explained to me and everything is that Order 66 is an order. It's not in their DNA. It's in their training. And and the clones are trained to be ever so subservient to the emperor, or the chancellor rather, and the senate. Um, and so when that order was given, they just didn't question it because the the order was put in as a contingency. Should the Jedi ever try to rise up and overthrow the senate, then you'll take them out. That's that's your Order 66. And so when the when the emperor Commanded that Order 66 be executed. They just didn't question him. They were just like, okay, I guess they've risen up. You know, it seems it is a quick, it's a weird thing. It's a quick switch, but you got to remember, at the end of the day, these guys are clones. Right. And though they can think for themselves, and though they can make decisions, and though they have a little bit of diversity in them, there there is still what what was genetically bonded in them was not Order 66, but the subservience to the Chancellor Palpatine and the senate and that sort of thing okay, okay. the government okay. so yeah all right very well i yeah. just wanted to get your thoughts on awesome awesome. Cool. awesome well before we get into the meat of our episode which we're not going to tell you what it is because <laughs> you'll stop listening if we do let's jump into some emails all right first one comes from patrick kramer i don't know if you remember a few episodes back uh patrick wrote in and he had like some kind of top 10 list and in it i think it was patrick and in it um he described his reason behind each choice and i went into like movie guy voice reading it and i was like you gotta send in more of these patrick (laughs) well he's done so and he did so back in october uh (laughs) we're just now getting to his email i'm a terrible podcaster he says, Okay, Steve, you wanted some more of my long long-winded gushing on my top ten choices? Well, here they come. Here they come. <laughs> just for, re- Or in Princess Lady, here they come. Um just <laughs> I'd like when you're on here because you laugh at my bad impersonations. It's good. It's good to me. So just remember. Uh be careful what you wish for. I don't think these are over the top of my other list, but here it is nevertheless. Enjoy. Top 10 comic book movies. Uh-oh. Dave. Here we go. Number 10, X-Men. While this isn't a perfect film, Singer's original movie about Marvel's mutants was a character-driven piece that didn't depend solely on special effects. Instead, he crafted a story built on characters that not only comic book fans care about, but the general audiences are drawn to as well. Casting prolific actors such as Patrick Stewart. That was Yeah! <laughs> Picard, Picard. And Ian McKellen, (laughs) as the pivotal roles of Charles Xavier and Magneto, gave the movie the credentials to stand out amongst the heavy, or the bevy, wow, nice word, the bevy of subpar comic book movies that had preceded it. And, of course, who can forget the breakout performance of Hugh Jackman? Many balked when this Australian Broadway actor was cast, but it didn't take long for moviegoers to accept him as the quintessential Wolverine. He embodied the rage and the pathos and the character requires and quieted critics within his first moments on screen. This movie was dark but not too dark, dramatic and had just enough action to wet people's appetites and leave them wanting more. Patrick, what of your job, dude. Because he needs to be like a freaking movie reviewer. Yeah, he does. You that's, know, I mean really this well guy done. is a fantastic writer.
1: You should get him to do movie reviews
0: for your site. I should just... I should give all of you guys access to the actual WordPress thing and just let you go. <laughs> and then every now and again stick my head in and post something, you know, and be like, yeah. Ooh, Steve finally posted. <laughs> um, number nine, he said, What do you think of X-Men? I thought it was a good movie. Uh, let's look at his list and see where it should have fallen. Because number nine, he put Spider-Man 2 at number nine. All right. Raimi's original Spider-Man movie laid the groundwork for a sequel that simply upped the ante at every turn. With it, with the origin story now out of the way, we are thrust into a movie that hits the ground running with stunning action sequences and the introduction of Doctor Octopus, masterfully portrayed by Alfred Molina, as Senor. <laughs> you Senor, you have that's Alfred Molina in that role. Do You know that no, in in Raiders of the Lost. I Art? didn't know that. Yeah, he's the guy that gets all the spiders all over him.
1: Oh my gosh!
0: You throw me the whip, I throw you. You throw me the idol, I throw you the whip. That's him. Yeah, that's oh Alfred my Molina. Gosh. <laughs> um, you didn't know that? No, that's freaking Doctor Octopus. You throw me the idol, I throw you the whip.
1: So long, Senor. So long. <laughs> Adios. <sighs> wow, I gotta go back and watch that. Bro. Yeah, man. Uh,
0: as Peter, as Peter Parker McGuire captured the day-to-day conflicts and issues the webslinger faced, and audiences watched as Peter, as Parker, grew in his role as a superhero while still attempting to maintain a normal life as a college student, the balance McGuire strikes is perfect. The visual effects in this movie are also beyond reproach. Do you disagree, Dave? You're shaking your head. Um, Feel free to interject, man. That's what Geek Out Loud's all about.
1: I'm not a big fan of Tobey Maguire as as Peter Parker. Peter Parker yeah, because I was pretty excited to hear they were doing a reboot. Were you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did like the first Spider-Man yeah, movie. Yeah. You didn't like the second I one? I didn't like the second one that really? much. Really? The action scenes. Wow. He's right about the action scenes. Yeah, scene. the action scenes are fine,
0: fantastic. But the acting. When one. I think of Spider-Man... T- well... I chalk that up to some of Ramey's direction. I think Ramey really wanted it to have kind of an overacted feel in some instances. Because that's kind of how it went. It was very overacted, very yeah. much. Every scene seemed to be winking at the audience that we know we're in a movie. And Like I when think he was Raimi, walking
1: and was playing raindrops. Yeah,
0: I think Ramey wanted. It to have that feel yeah a lot of people they love spider-man 2 but they forget the raindrops keep falling on my head sequence no singing on the podcast i never do it um i'm kidding uh but then they complain about the dance sequence in or the 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 james brown sequence in uh, spider-man 3 that was bad but it was the same to me though it's like i wasn't offended that it was there because it was in spider-man 2 for crying out loud so it, he was still. What I liked in that one, in, in Spider Man three is that when he did all that mess, no matter how much, how no matter how dark he got, he was still a dweeb. He was yeah, still he a was. dork, and I like the fact that I they tool. showed. Yeah, I like the fact they showed he's still kind of dorky, you know, even though he's he's all dark and everything. Yeah. Um, he got number eight is Hellboy. So he put Hellboy above Spider Man two as a as a comic book movie and X Men.
1: Yeah, well, I don't know about X Men, but I know Hellboy. I liked Hellboy the first one. I didn't see the second one, but Ron Perlman pretty much makes that movie.
0: I don't have time to read all of his stuff, which okay. I'll probably go back sometime to. Number seven, Transformers animated movie. You got the touch. touch! Um, What about that? That's good. As a, I mean, is that a comic book movie? though?
1: I don't know. I mean, see, that's like, when you get into, I don't know. I, I, for me, it's like, to me, I thought of it as a, as a comic book movie when I right. had to see it in the theater. Um, I thought it was better than G.I. Joe, the movie. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah.
0: Heck yeah, yeah. Uh, number six, he says X2. This is an interesting statement. What the Empire Strikes Back did for the Star Wars films, X2 did for the X-Men franchise. He's right. As you far, think so? As far as the X-Men franchise. As far franchise, as kicking it up a
1: notch? Yeah, definitely. That's, X-Men 2 is one of my top five. But did X
0: probably. do for the X-Men franchise what Return of the Jedi did for the Star Wars No. Yeah, no. It wasn't a satisfying conclusion to me. No, it, yeah. it
1: just it felt like there was another chapter. Return the Jedi satisfied. Yeah.
0: Like we if, we, if we had no EU beyond Return of the Jedi, I'd be okay. Yeah, it'd be fine with me. X three, I was not satisfied with the conclusion, though I liked the movie.
1: Now that's not to say I don't dream of having another Star Wars movie. It's oh important. sure, 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 sure. But yeah. Anyway,
0: um, <clears throat> wow, that's an interesting statement. Yeah. I have to chew on that statement. In price tracks back different Star Wars. Uh, number five, the crow hmm i haven't seen the crow in a really i've not watched the crow since the 90s yeah it has to while. be since the 90s i've watched the crow number four batman begins good placement uh number three iron man that's a pretty good placement. now he put iron man above spider-man 2 yeah you agree with that yeah i do see robin <laughs> robin <laughs> underscore mj on the twitter He's big about <laughs> Spider-Man 2 being better than Iron Man. No way. And he thinks that everyone thinks Iron Man's better than Spider-Man 2 because of the hype that Iron Man nah, received. And I and story. I disagree. I think that what you've got... I think it's a good story. I think the acting is, is superb. It's got Jeff Bridges I in think, it. I uh, think... Sh- what more do you Ro- need? Yeah, Robert Downey Jr., man. Yeah. Um, I think that the, the climax of the movie was an actual climax mm-hmm. of the movie. In Spider-Man you had the big action set piece did not happen at the end it happened in spider-man 2 rather it happened in the middle with the train chase and all that stuff you know his final fight with doc ock wasn't fight with doc ock it was a fight with a magnet Mm -hmm. um with a burning magnet uh burning ball of magnet um and i in fact uh really the first two spider-man movies didn't quite give us that big climactic battle. They had a they had a cool battle in the middle. Um, you yeah,
1: because the first movie is more of a journey
0: though. Mm-hmm, it's like yeah, to getting to the point right. where he's the hero. But uh, the third one, that's one thing I liked about three. You can say what you want. Three had a cool battle at the end, and it and it lasted. You know, I'm sorry. I know a lot of people poo poo three, and I I understand its weaknesses and its flaws, but. Uh, but I, you know,
1: I just thought Venom should have had his own movie.
0: I don't like Venom, and I could care less if they ever do a Venom movie. No,
1: I don't want a Venom movie. I thought Venom oh, should like have he should had have been his own, own villain. Yeah, yeah, villain. Yeah, I agree with that. Sam Man should have been the villain. To I agree three.
0: that if Venom's going to be the villain in the movie, it needs to be just Venom. I thought it. I thought it could have been
1: cool if the alien, you know, would have been, been a great cliffhanger. Yeah, like he yeah. got on his bike. Maybe even he wears the costume like he does in the comics for a while.
0: I think it would have been cool to have him rip off the costume, get on Brock, him show up as Venom right there real quick, and you don't see him again until after the final battle with Sandman, and then down in the sewers, you hear him kind of talking to himself, we will get you, Spider-Man mm-hmm. kind of thing, and yeah. then you know, go dark kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number four, he's got Batman Begins. We said that. Number three, Iron Man. Do you think Iron Man better than Batman Begins, though? No. Really? No. Batman I don't know. is way better. I, think. I don't know. That's one to think about. Number two, Superman two. Hmm. I mean, he's pulled out a classic, yeah. sir. He pulled out a classic to put up there, the top two. Number one, of course, the Dark Knight is. Uh, as he says, um, I, about, Superman. Do are, are you like that right now? Or you think the Dark Knight is greatest, the greatest? Greatest comic book uh, movie, movie ever. ever. I'm such a fan of the Incredible Hulk. I mean, I really am such I really a fan of The too. Incredible Hulk. I love that movie. so. I mean, you want to talk about a movie to, that brings, like, emotion out of you. Well, that's because that's, like, one of my favorite superheroes. Yeah, I mean, he's way up there beyond Batman on my favorite superhero list. And I think that has something to do with it. And the fact that in this movie there were so many shout-outs to the TV show, to the to the original movie in some ways, but also just its own thing, and it was a good Hulk movie. Um I
1: can't believe they're not going to make a sequel to that.
0: I think they will eventually. I hope so. I think they will eventually. That is an excellent movie. Um So yeah, but I mean I but I don't fault people if they say Dark Knight best comic book movie ever. I can totally see where they're coming from and why they say that. I love The Dark Knight. I think it's a great movie. Um you didn't like it? Yeah, I liked it. You're I looking just... at me like you're no. wrong. You give me that look like you're wrong, Steve. Right? No, you're not wrong. You're not you're, wrong. You're, you're right. Idiot. Everything you're saying is right. I'm just saying that's it. right. Everything I'm saying is right. That, Dave, I wish more people would you wish take, I would move to Hazelhurst. Yeah, I wish more people would <laughs> take that philosophy in life. Steve, what it, you're what you're saying is right. Whatever right. you say is right. Um, but so but you don't agree necessarily with that people should think. Well, for me, like, is it, you know what would you say your top comic book movie is? My top comic book movie. Yeah probably
1: superman the movie really yeah the original superman i hold
0: that in great reverence like i really do revere that movie but i don't think it's the best ever flash gordon's number two flash gordon the flash yeah Ah! 1980 Mm. and see that's i mean i don't fault you for those opinions i don't think you're wrong in those things i you know i see why you think those things And, and obviously flash gordon you have a special place in your heart for that and that's why it's number two um but do you understand why people think dark Yeah, Knights, absolutely. Yeah, okay. I mean this
1: generation for sure. Yeah. But like, like you're like me, you're an old man. I remember but my for me, generation. Like Superman the movie, I mean, everything was just so I grew up perfect. With that. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I was talking to someone, it might have been Damien Holbrook on Shoe, we were talking about how that original Superman movie it didn't have again, I think it suffered from the lack of climax. The climax was in the helicopter scene where he saved the helicopter same thing with superman returns the climax was the plane scene it was well, cool some would
1: say it was when he lifted new krypton uh, up well
0: no the, i mean that's meant to be the climax right. of the story but i'm saying the most exciting part of the story was him saving that plane yeah and him lifting the little landmass up out of the water though it was cool and though i loved it and though i still love that movie absolutely it it falls flat of that plane sequence. That's true. And and I think that that's where I think that's where people have a problem with the Superman movie is it should build and build and build and build until you're just amazed at what you're seeing on screen with this man doing this stuff. Rather than oh that's so cool and then hm. you know that's that's really how.
1: What, what about in Superman two? Him and Zod and, and company are fighting out on the streets. And then he lures them to the fortress and there's really not much fighting after that at that point. It's the, more mind games and
0: there's not, but it's also, but the emotions now are that much greater. Mm-hmm. When he steps in that molecule chamber, as a kid, I'm like, what? Yeah, what? When he starts crushing, he's doing Zod's it again, in. and then he crushes Zod, like, and you're like, yes, that's my favorite movie <laughs> moment of all time. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It is really good. So, um, really quickly, he goes to his top childhood cartoons, Turbo Teen. Do you remember Turbo, Turbo Team? Teen? Teen. Do you remember Turbo Teen. It's the dude. He got fused with a car somehow, and when he gets really oh worked up and hot, almost like the Incredible Hulk, he turns into a car. <laughs> Yes, like, I his really hands does. stretch out into wheels, and his face, it's really weird, his face stretches out. Yeah. I don't
1: know that I watched that one consistently, but I do remember. He says,
0: I think most people have long dismissed this show, but for some reason it's always stuck with me. Something about the idea of a teenager caught in a freak scientific experiment gone awry, joining his adolescent body with that of a sweet sports car, allowing him to transform into said car when he got hot was just freaking cool. And if you think about it, it's really sort of an interesting analogy to what teenage boys go through in reality as their hormones race. Wow." <laughs> Uh, Mask Mobile Armored Strike Command I with that. a K. I watched that. It was good. Love some Mask. Uh, droids. Droids. Wow. I can't believe he put the Droids cartoon wow. down. I wonder if Patrick, did you just do that? Cause I'm a Star Wars fan. He might have no, earned some brownie points. Number seven, gummy bears bouncing here and there. Yeah. And Listen, I love gummy bears on Saturday mornings. I love that show. In fact, I just did a thing with my kids a few weeks ago. We did a uh, what I call Saturday. So every now and again, when they're off for like holidays, or we'll do Saturday morning on a random day. And I'll bring in a bunch of different Saturday morning cartoons and we'll cook pancakes and we'll sit up in our youth room and watch uh, Saturday morning cartoons and eat pancakes and chocolate (laughs) milk. And uh, we watched Gummy Bears and loved it, loved it. Spider-Man and his amazing friends. That's that's a good good one. one. Super friends. Of course, Mm -hmm. Battle of the Planets. Now, I don't know much about Battle of the Planets. I I don't remember ever really. I know it when I see those characters. Mm -hmm. I know they're from Battle but I never really watched it. G.I. Joe. Good. This is the first show in my childhood trifecta. I don't think an, in, an afternoon went by that I wouldn't come home from school and watch this show. Here, here, Patrick Kramer, <laughs> He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, my favorite. Here, uh, here, Patrick, and number one, Transformers. No Thundercats. Yes, huh? no Thundercats. Thank wow. you, Patrick.
1: Whoa, whoa, hater of the Thundercats. I'm not a. I'm not a hater
0: of the Thundercats. I just think that. Um, I, I just think that a lot of people kind of give them a little too much love.
1: Lion O' underwear. Outside. There it is.
0: There All it is. The I time. said it. a lot of people gave them too much love. <laughs> well, we spend a lot of time on just yes. one email. Yes. That's why it's. I'm still doing emails from back in October, Dave. <laughs> uh, so uh, without further ado, Dave, <laughs> let's talk about what we came to talk about.
1: Yes, let's do that.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, here's my challenge to you. Give us 10 minutes into this conversation before you shut the podcast off completely. Uh, because the minute I tell you what we're talking about, there's the off chance, no, there's the real there's a the very real chance you're going to dismiss it completely and, and 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 do away with the show altogether. Let me encourage you not to do that. Hang with us. See if we can't I'm not. What I'm about to talk about is I don't want to make you a fan of necessarily, but I want you to learn to tolerate with me. Um, because there's one thing that my entire life, as much as I've geeked out about Star Wars, and as much as I've geeked out about comic books, and as much as I've geeked out about movies, in that realm of geekdom and the passion that I've had for those things, there is one other area that I've been just as passionate about pretty much my entire life. And, uh, and I'm about and here it is we're just going to say it we're going to put it out there professional wrestling
2: the love that was given me and this time I will repay you now because I will be the next world's heavyweight champion on this hard time time to play the game if you smell what the rock is talking time to play the game <laughs> you have any idea where you are? You're in the jungle, baby! This is WCW! I'm gonna pick you up, I'm gonna drop you, baby, on your head, The scorpion deathlock, does that get you pumped up? I am a real Well, you know man. something, brother! To so be the man, man. you gotta beat the man! I and I'm saying, boo! I'm the fight for man! Fight for your life. And what you gonna do when the largest
0: songs in the world in Hulkamania run wild on you? I'm not talking. Woo! Well, <laughs> hey, my ain't gonna come out over there watching Magic Women. My ain't is wrestling man. I love to watch the night, brother. <laughs> Everyone has that redneck thing in them that they love. Everyone has. Well, everyone of, in the South does. Yeah. Well, everybody. I think everybody everywhere. I knew a kid in Minnesota that that uh, wouldn't go on a date one night with a really pretty girl because his dog was sick. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, I bet uh, his
1: dog was like, "Are you
0: kidding me, pal?" His dog was like, uh, <laughs> "But, uh, but yeah, we Dave, you grew up in the great state of Georgia. Georgia, yes. I grew up in the great state of the South, sir." Let us not forget when people make fun of the South uh, they forget that Georgia is the Empire State yeah. thereof. of I mean we are we are to the south what New York is to the to the eastern seaboard I think so. Of, of, of the Atlantic um New York state that is and uh having said that uh, here in the great state of Georgia, we have grown up with all my life even before cable or before we had cable i was able to watch the superstation wtbs yes out of atlanta uh ted turner's thing and and and, and... <sighs> there's so many things i want to just talk about but on tbs as a kid they used to show georgia championship wrestling gcw mm-hmm. and gordon the Solly. likes of yeah with gordon solely broadcasting and the likes of uh rick flair dusty Rhodes. Um,
1: Mr. Wrestling number two, Mr.
0: Wrestling number two, Tommy Rich. D- and d- come on, man, see you're there with me. <laughs> the Fantastics, Fantastics. Uh, the Freebirds, um, just all manner of wrestlers came through that organization, which was a part of, at the time a part of the NWA, the yeah. National Wrestling Alliance. And um, and so I just grew up watching it, man. I remember one of the first times I ever really watched wrestling. There was something that happened, and at the end, everybody there was just. Like It had to be a dozen people that piled in the ring for a Big Brawl as they were going off the right, air. Yeah. And as a little kid, I just laughed and laughed and thought that was the coolest thing I ever saw. And from that point on, I was hooked. I was hooked on wrestling. And I had a cousin that was hooked on wrestling. You, you know him. You, he's been on the show before, NCN, Jason. Mm-hmm. We used to get out in the backyard and wrestle all the time. We used to watch wrestling. As I got older, uh, one of the cool things is when I lived in Athens on USA Network, and I, I don't know if it was just in the area – or if it was all over the country, but on the USA Network on Saturday nights at uh, 9 o'clock it would start, there was like a three-hour block of wrestling programming.
1: The one I'm thinking about was like seven hours. It would go until like two in the morning.
0: Okay, then it might have been seven hours. They would play WWF. Yes, yes. This is is what I remember about it. It opened up. This whole program opened up with, like, horses running across a, a yeah. big... Long, and they would play the song, I Need a Hero. Yes. Yes, yes you watched yes. it. Yes. You were there. Well, you lived up around the same area yeah, I did. I anyway. I grew up in
1: Covington. Um, it was uh, Bonnie
0: Blackstone yeah. and uh,
1: Uncle Sam. And Uncle Sam, and Joe Petticino. Joe
0: Petticino and Bonnie Blackstone was yeah. who I remember. And and that's where I got into the UWF. Yes, Which yes. was also Mid-South Wrestling, back in the Still Universal Walk. Wrestling Federation. And uh, with the likes of Sting, Ted DiBiase was there back in the day. With the Black Glove, One Man Gang came through that territory at that, that one time. Yeah. S- uh, Doctor Death, Steve Williams, who recently passed away. Yeah. Um, yeah, such a great fan. And but it see my bedtime on Saturday nights was ten o'clock as a kid. Right. And so, but my sister could stay up, and so she stayed up and watched like WWF and some of the NWA stuff they show. But they did. They showed like all feds all over the nation. Then
1: I used to I'd, I'd go to the grocery store and beg dad to buy me a pack of VHS tapes so you could record. So I could record. It. I'd record. It I, every wish week. I'd a I, Man, I wish I'd have thought about doing that as a kid. Cause I don't know where any of those tapes are. Man,
0: I wish I'd have thought about doing that as a kid because I because the way we kept tapes, they'd mm. still be around somewhere. Yeah. Um those these were the days of Pro Wrestling Illustrated yeah. when you would flip through and do say You know, it, I
1: saw that the other day when I was in Walmart. They still have they still yeah, have it's it. still it's still it's still but printed. It, now it's ten
0: dollars. It used to be like It used four to be like percent. three or four, yeah. yeah. Um so we've already started geeking out about this stuff, just <laughs> remembering things. We haven't even carried on a good conversation. Let's stop real quick okay. and, and let's put it out there to everyone. If you're listening to this, you're laughing right now because we're talking seriously about Pro-wrestling, as it were. In the South. In the South. Um, Here's something you need to know that Dave and I both understand. And spoiler alert for those of you who don't know this, it's a show. Okay? I don't like to use the word fake. Dave, comment. Uh, Fake doesn't – I don't think it really –
1: um, gives the wrestlers the uh, respect they should deserve for the athleticism. Okay, now see, you
0: just stepped into a place where everyone is now laughing at you for talking about respecting these guys at fake fighting.
1: Okay, but but people respect actors, correct? Sure. These sure. people, these people are actors I slash agree. stuntmen. They
0: yes, they are stuntmen at their very. But best. they are also athletes. They are all that you have to be. You have to be athletic. Go They're also, and a lot of people right now are saying they're also juicers. Uh, you know. <laughs>
1: And <laughs> actors take a bunch of drugs too. That's right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. oh.
1: Don't tell BAGS.
0: Bro. Uh yeah, don't tell don't yeah, Brian Austin Green is is straight up all natural dude. Yeah. Um Just No, I, you know, I think that I think it's fair to say that in any any type of entertainment you find yourself engaged in, whether it be TV, music, movies, whatever the case may be, you're going to find people who who have their hang-ups you know the, who have their problems mm-hmm. and, and and that doesn't i mean you know it's like do people not enjoy a certain band because they're high when they wrote their music or whatever you know some people say it helped them out you know yeah. um i mean it, look at nirvana
1: it's still a popular band even though Mm, yeah. The guy yeah. killed himself.
0: Right. You know, yeah. Year, I mean there's still people who ago. revere that stuff. And so and so I take the pro wrestling thing Is are there people who juice yeah. Are there people who just have worked their butts off to be in the shape that they are? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, definitely. And you can tell what's what a lot of times when they're out there. Um, the thing about it <clears throat> is though we realize it's a show, and I don't like to call it fake either because I feel like fake undercuts so much of what it's done in in the performance because you can't fake um landing off of you know no. off of a four foot drop no you know is that gonna and check? what i mean and yes and what i mean is from just climbing on top of the ropes jumping into the ring that's a good four feet yeah and and you can't fake landing you know no one can fly uh much less the times when they go off and people say well so-and-so broke their fall they did this sure or they know how to fall that's right another one and how do you fall? You know, the best The best advice I've seen wrestlers given is spread out the impact as much as you can yeah. across your body. Yeah. Tuck your chin. You know, and if you'll notice a lot of times, um, in the ring especially, when someone gets clotheslined, when someone gets slammed or whatever, there's a lot of landing on the back. And so they will tuck their chin and, you know, make sure they're not slamming their head up against the mat or whatever. But Utah... I, When people come off that top rope and they're landing on their elbow, they're landing on their face, they're landing. mm -mm. I've -hmm. seen guys come from the top, from over the top rope and land face down on the mat outside, Mm -hmm. you know, just where they got thrown out. And, And there was no stopping on the apron to, you know, the side of the ring or anything. So we don't, I don't like to call it fake because I agree with you. I think it undercuts what is done in the ring you know are the punches pulled yes if they were really hurting each other would they be able to do it every night
1: no there would probably be a bruise on them right at the end of the fight. Yeah. yeah
0: you know so granted they're pulling punches very seldom do you ever see someone react to a punch that misses though mm-hmm. there's contact made yeah and, uh, and, and a lot of people are like, I always like when they swing and they miss. Another guy reacts. I've never, I, very seldom have I ever seen that. That's not and, common.
1: And if you watch carefully, you can see where some punches catch
0: sometimes and yeah. do hit. Well, there's there's something that, well, let's, so we know it's a show. Yes. Okay, let's quit show. trying to defend okay. it. We enjoy it. It's yes. a show. It's a soap opera for men. The second thing, we're going to talk to you, and, and we're gonna, we would be frowned on, in classic professional wrestling businesses, for what we're about to do dave yes are you would. willing to go there for yeah this? yeah okay. i'm fine with it we're going to define some terms for everybody that you'll hear us use in this discussion the first term is heel h-e-e-l heel like the part of your foot yes which means dave uh bad guy bad guy yes the villain <laughs> the of villain, the story yes. if you will the person that everyone dislikes the person people are supposed to boo right and the, yeah they're supposed to boo. <laughs> that's very key is they're supposed to boo. sometimes it gets messed up yeah. and, and people actually end up liking the heel um then you have the baby face or the shortened face mm-hmm. which is dave the good guy the good guy the person that people are supposed to like he's the hero of the story yes. um the other the other two things that we will probably come to back and forth a lot, and we'll define other terms as we come across them, are is the term "work," which does not mean to work. A work in wrestling is Dave a
1: storyline, part of the storyline, an action that takes place in the storyline. It's something that is context, scripted so. out,
0: sort of. It's some, yeah, it's something that takes place in 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 the context of the story. Uh, that that you might call fake. Okay, not necessarily a a a, a hit or a clothesline or a move. But, like, when two guys don't like each other. Right. When they're all in each other's face, that's a work. You know, they're they're going to go backstage and, and share the same locker room and, and you know, kind of... Go have a beer together. Go have a, yeah, go have a drink together afterwards or whatever the case may be. Now, the other word we want to define is shoot. S-H-O-O-T. Dave? This is when real life leaks into the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
1: This is when this is the ultimate pulling the curtain back. Yes,
0: this is when someone comes out and they say a few things, and one of them actually happens to be real. This is when Kurt Angle, who was recently arrested, uh, got up in TNA last night uh, on on the show and TNA wrestling, Wrestling, which is a branch of the NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance. Not anymore. Yeah, yeah. are they not anymore? No, they're not part of it anymore. Keep the microphone in your mouth. I'm sorry. They're They're not not part of the. They're not part of that anymore. That disappoints me. Because I don't like the name TNA for a wrestling. I don't organization. like it either. Um, what's your wrestling organization? Total nonstop action. That's uh, that's not even a
1: real phrase. Yeah, it's, it's total dumb. nonstop action.
0: Yeah. Um, but uh, the uh, last night, Kurt Angle got up and he began to talk about his problems outside of the ring. His divorce, being arrested. You know, he was doing that in an effort to build up a storyline with someone else, with another wrestler who, with whom he may or may not have legitimate problems with outside the ring. I don't think he does. Um, but the stuff he was telling about himself was what we call a shoot. Sometimes there are actual fights in the ring that become a shoot fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, back in the day, and by back in the day, I mean like you were talking the 60s, 70s, 80s, it may still happen in smaller feds in the 90s and, and now today, in, in smaller little organizations around there, there used to be times where you'd find yourself if you were a pro wrestler in a real fight to keep your leg from being broken, right? Exactly by another wrestler because they would try to prove themselves. To you Hulk Hogan talks a lot about going over to Japan. I, that's, and and that was to do one that. I was
1: going to say. Um, they they recently announced the uh, WWE Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. for inducting uh, Antonio. Innocchi. Yeah, did it's, that surprise you? Yeah, it did. His fight they mentioned it with Muhammad Ali. Yeah, was a straight up shoot. Yeah. Muhammad Ali, I think, had to go to the hospital because he had multiple bruises Did he lose on his legs. No, it, it went to a draw. But okay. The the script was, and Oki was supposed to lose. Well, he didn't want to lose. He wanted to prove what a tough guy he was. Wow. And, uh, you know. I've nev- had, have you ever seen it? No, I've never seen it. I I'd love awful. to see that. I hear it's Is it awful. bad?
0: I don't know. I just hear it's bad to watch. I'd like to see it. Yeah. Just, to, just for history's sake. History. <laughs> history's sake. Um... So, but you've been, how? I mean, have you been watching all your life, Dave?
1: Yes, all my life. I think I took about a year break after WCW went out of business. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I, I watched it on and off there. I didn't watch it consistently, but pretty much there might have been a year, like maybe 94, that I didn't watch yeah. as
0: much. But yeah. in, in my lifetime, how old are you, Dave?
1: I am 20, about to be 29.
0: Okay, so you're about four years younger than I am. Mm-hmm. In my lifetime, there were always even with the stuff we used to watch on usa back in the day there there have always been two major uh what we call wrestling feder- federations two organizations uh the nwa national wrestling alliance and uh the wwf back in the day until the world wildlife fund came along and the panda sued hulk hogan um <laughs> but uh but those two feds and and never the two should meet uh when Ted Turner bought into wrestling on TBS, eventually, because of all the politics that were involved in everything, he pulled out of the NWA and formed WCW, World yeah. Championship Wrestling. And that happened late 80s, mm-hmm. early 90s. And then in the mid 90s, it blew up. Mm-hmm. Like there, it, it goes in cycles. It was really kind of popular in the mid late 80s with Hulk Hogan and Hulkamania running wild, that sort of thing. And then in the mid '90s and late '90s, it got real popular again with uh, with the NWO, and then later Stone Cold Steve Austin, Degeneration X, The Rock, um, on into you know today. You know now it's kind of leveled back out, and and there is you know a lot of people kind of look at it with some disdain. I don't know that I've ever not watched it. Like I'm like you, with the exception of maybe a year or two in there where I just, but I kind of still knew what was going on. Like, Same with it me. was never foreign to me when I came back and saw what was happening. Um, and and after WCW, again, yeah, after it kind of fell apart and WWF was kind of floundering and didn't seem to know what they were doing, I kind of dropped off for a little while, but I would still come back and watch WrestleMania every year. Yeah. You know, because that's, it's WrestleMania, mm-hmm. you know? It's the big day. the Super Bowl. Um, so what, having watched all your life, when did you first realize wrestling wasn't real, Dave?
1: I asked my dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I believe it was Roddy Piper and Hogan were doing an angle, yeah. which is a storyline. An angle is a storyline. Yes. Very good, Dave. And Thanks um, for keeping the audience up to par. And he ended up, uh, he as in Piper, ended up getting arrested. He was fighting with oh, like 15 cops. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I asked my dad if he was going to have to spend the night in jail. Uh, nice. And dad was like no and I was like is wrestling real and he goes no
0: <laughs> how old were you Dave like 21 <laughs> <laughs> no I believe I was five or six maybe yeah like that. I, I remember watching I was older than that I, I, I've just always had a childlike wonder about me like mm. there are still times where I'll see things happen I'm, Ooh, that's real there you know like and I'm, and there are so many times watching it to this day where there'll be a, a, a weird bump taken. A bump mm. is when a wrestler falls or, or is, you know, taken spot, to the mat. Yeah. yeah, a spot is like a move that's done. Um, but, but they'll take a fall, and it'll look weird the way they took the fall and i'm like oh that's legit yeah that they really hurt themselves uh morrison john morrison yes did did he legitimately hurt yeah, himself in smackdown I, like i, I watched that he twisted his ankle real bad that's my understanding yeah, yeah it, it could, looked real and yeah. i was like oh that's real yeah
1: you I, know i can't for the life of me i can't figure out why they would do a storyline unless they were putting somebody else in there yeah to,
0: but someone but i've seen so many other times where someone will hit the ropes weird or they'll hit the mat weird i'm like they really hurt themselves yeah. just then and they ha- they didn't, you know. <laughs> yeah, I retain the childlike. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm so gullible when it comes to this crap. But I don't. I mean, I fought my dad until I I know it had to be after I was 10 years old, because he was still saying it when I when we were living down here. We moved here to South Georgia from Athens when I was 10. And so I was probably eleven before I accepted that it was fake. Eleven or twelve before I accepted it was fake because he'd always come in. Oh, that fake man! I'm like, it's not fake, you know. And then I finally—I don't know what made me accept it. I just kind of grew out of that, I guess. Kind of like Santa.
1: Well, my brother used Santa to, Cruz. My brother used to tease me. um We'd be going to church, and uh, he'd go, "Now you know there's no wrestling in heaven." <laughs> You say like, God doesn't like wrestling. Did
0: you point him to Genesis, <laughs> where God wrestled with Jacob? <laughs> Good point. That happened, didn't. yeah. It yeah happened. I didn't. I didn't do. Um, it.
1: I just thought it was. It was. I just thought it was kind of funny. In, thing, in so. all
0: your in all your days, let's do it this way. Let's talk about some favorite wrestlers. Okay. Um, from back in the day, let's mm-hmm. start off with back in the day. It, it, your earliest wrestling memory. Some of your favorites. Um, Hulk Hogan, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I was a
1: Hulkamaniac. Um, Roddy Piper, uh, Ric Flair. Uh-huh. Sting And uh, Lex Luger I was a big Lex Luger fan um, I'm trying to get somebody else in WWF so I really I liked Randy Savage. In fact, I always Ooh, pulled for Randy Savage.
0: Yeah. Is this? Oh, I get to pull out impersonations yeah. on this one. Yeah, the Macho <laughs> Man. Dig it. <laughs> That's good. Thank you. Um, Snap into a slim. Chin. I would
1: pull for him when yeah. he fought anybody, even if he was a bad guy. Most of the even
0: time. now, were you one to be able to get pay per views as a kid? I no, was never I able to. Yeah, I was yeah, not, I always not had until to hear was about, about fifteen. Yeah, so. not until I was old enough to pay for it myself. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, uh, now my uncle would tape, the, or not my uncle, I'm sorry, a cousin, like a distant cousin, knew mm-hmm. I was a wrestling fan, and he would send tapes with my grandmother back down. So mm-hmm. I had copies of, like, SummerSlam, but, I mean, they'd be, like, right. three years old. Right. Ultimate Warrior? Ultimate Warrior As was, a kid? was good. I never liked him like I liked really? Hogan. Really? Yeah. Not, okay. Not, not so at WrestleMania
0: six, you were, when I it was, was Warrior even, versus Hogan. Even
1: though I remember this distinctly, I didn't see it for months mm-hmm. because back then, as you said, you couldn't get pay-per-view. Right, right. So I'd go to home video at the time. Yeah, 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 <clears throat> yeah. And even though I knew Hogan lost, I'm watching this match where
0: he hulks up, and I'm like, he can't He's, lose. No, he can't, he can't lose. It and was a good misses match. misses the leg drop. Can I tell you it was, it was a good match? It was a good match. It was a good match. You just mentioned home video. Yeah. I remember in college, we'd go try to find some classic video stuff, and there'd be some stuff that was out, some stuff that wasn't. And a lot of times, it'd be a year or so before they'd put the pay-per-views yeah. out. I've just been surprised recently that a pay per view comes out and a month later that they've month got it on DVD shelf. Yep, that's crazy to yeah. me, man. Is that crazy to you? It is crazy. That's crazy to um,
1: me. When I was in college, <laughs> I'd go, I'd go up there and get it as soon as it yeah, came out. Yeah. I had about six or seven of them. And Joy yeah. was finally like, "Do you really have to see every one of these?"
0: Yes. The answer is yes. Joy. <laughs> um, did now any other favorites that you can think of from back in the day? Um. Barry Wyndham, I liked a good bit. Oh, Arnold really? Anderson, yeah, I like the horsemen. See, I didn't like the bad guys as a kid. I bought into the fact that they were bad guys. Well, I, I mean in liking, I mean, I liked to watch them work. I did not. I wasn't smart enough to know that. I hated them. Yeah. I wanted them off the screen. Well, who my, did you want the good guys to fight? <laughs> well, I tell you, one of my favorite matches of all time, one of the things I anticipated the most, was at the very first Super Brawl in WCW. They had a dream tag match: Sting and Luger. Versus the Steiner Brothers. Yeah. Um, I think now, that's on the rise of the WCW DVD. Yeah. It might be, but it ended with a screw job ending. Nikita Koloff came out oh, yeah. and hit Sting accidentally because he was in a feud at the time with Lex Luger over the United States title. And oh, I remember everything so vividly. And, and he came out to attack Luger. Sting pushed Luger out of the way, and he got hit with the chain that caused them the the match against the Steiners. So Sting chases off after Nikita Koloff, and that started a long feud between Sting and Nikita yeah. Koloff. And I always thought, what happened to Luger? Why didn't he just? <laughs> why didn't he help Sting out in this feud? You know, but it was. It, but uh, you know, I was a big fan of the good guys. I always wanted to see the bad guys lose when they fought. Well, yeah, um, I mean, there was
1: that. I mean, there was,
0: of course, you'd watch
1: Flair and the Horseman make a run in. Oh, my and gosh, I hated Flair I, and the Horseman. I, I hated the way that, you know he would have him run out but at the same time if you saw Ric flair coming you knew it was a big moment oh yeah yeah i yeah, mean yeah, even yeah. even like you say you yeah. you hate him and you want to see him but you knew
0: you're supposed to hate him right though. that's right. the thing as a kid i absolutely hated this guy and i remember there was one time the first time i remember ever having to cheer for flair wcw did a promotion with new japan pro wrestling and they that was called uh, something in the rising sun. Yeah, it was some kind of batch in the rising sun or something like that. Where they went over to Japan and they fought different people. Sting fought the Great Moodle, which they'd had a feud before. Mm-hmm. Uh and different people fought different these Japanese wrestlers. Sting had to fight Pat um I can't think of his last name, but he was a great Japanese wrestler apparently. And they were all worried about he can't we need Sting we need Flair to win this thing for the USA. Right. <laughs> and um and I remember having to cheer for Flair, and I felt so dirty. <laughs> I'm like, I can't, I can't cheer for this guy. This is Ric Flair. Yeah, this is Ric Flair. Some of my favorite wrestlers back in the day, Sting was definitely a favorite of mine. Always loved Sting. Lex Luger mm-hmm. was a favorite um, as a kid. Ricky Steamboat, yeah, was a big favorite. Uh, of course, Hulk Hogan. Um, <clears throat> honestly, any of the good guys in WCW or WWF, because those people in WWF at the time were so much like superheroes to me ultimate warrior mm-hmm. hulk hogan uh, macho man when he was a good guy um gosh the the mo- you know even the c- more colorful ones that weren't that big a deal like uh coco beware um I, which is how about that Birdman? yeah i never, never uh, remember him
1: winning a match
0: junkyard dog yeah, i would like a lot jyd
1: i think he wrestled in uwf sometime. he did
0: he did but see and from my uwf days i was always a big dr death fan mm-hmm. i love steve williams and i remember it was he had to beat the one-man gang who was so named because he was just a big old joker uh he had to beat him for the uwf title yeah and it was a big deal when, like when he won like they did a whole video montage they played we are the champions my friend uh i mean it was crazy yeah and uh and that was the first time i ever remember seeing you know the big champagne party in the back locker and everything and um <sighs> That was good times, you know. Was good. That was the first time I saw Sting with his makeup off too. Was during yeah. that big celebration for Doctor Death, Steve yeah. Williams. Don't look at me like you're bored, as and I remember. Because d-
1: what it was, him, Sting and I'm not bored. You kidding? <laughs> uh, Sting in the Ultimate Warrior with the Blade Runners. There's Blade
0: Runners, Rock and Flash. Sting and, was rock, okay. Or Sting was Flash and, and Warrior was. But but see, at this Warrior somewhere
1: else. Is the Dingo as Warrior? The Dingo, right? He was in WWF. He as had the Dingo
0: Warrior. It. Yeah, and he came out, and then he finally became the Ultimate okay. Warrior. But this was this was late. This was after the Rock and flash days sting had already gone to sting okay but he was still in the uwf at the time and um but i always loved sting i mean there was just something about his career and i look back and i'm like yeah he's a good wrestler he's got he's pretty good in the ring and everything his promos aren't that great he's just got energy he's got he always had something that you wanted to get behind him and cheer him on you know because of his energy level or whatever so it was uh as a kid man that was do you find yourself now as an adult though and this might be where we're different, Dave, because mm-hmm. as I said, I retain a lot of my childlike wonder sometimes mm-hmm. when when it comes to these things. Do you find yourself getting behind these guys and really cheering them on like when you want them to win that sort of thing? Who do is there who are your favorites now? Present day.
1: Uh Sean Michaels. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Sean Michaels is a great. I mean, he's an incredible in-ring talent.
1: AJ Styles. Yeah. Um, I really like Kurt Angle, but I know he's had some health yeah, issues, yeah, yeah. so it's kind of hard to watch him wrestle right. sometimes. Um,
0: Okay, and you just made an interesting statement. It's hard to watch him wrestle. See, the reason you watch wrestling nowadays is a lot different than what we used to. Yeah, for sure. It's a lot more analytical when we watch. Yeah. We're saying, should they do the story this way? Should this person right. be given? And that's
1: and that's like when you said, do I get behind him? I mean, in a way, I do. In another okay. way, I just want to see a good show.
0: Here's another term for you, ladies and gentlemen, mark. Okay? <laughs> a mark is someone who completely gets behind whatever a character is doing because they refuse to not like him. I'm a George Lucas Mark. Oh, me Anything too. he puts out, I'm all about. I'm just giving you that as an example, using it in a sentence. Here's you my thing. You ready for that
1: uh, fairy uh, musical that he's Yes, on.
0: yes, I will be there. <laughs> uh, here, If I went to see Avatar, I can go see a fairy musical. Oh, my God. Oh, snap, bazinga. See, I talk about Avatar in the
1: newest episode of the, the Vortex.
0: It, we won't get off on that anyhow um a little bit but here's the thing even as an adult even knowing it's not real even knowing that everything is predetermined when these guys go out to do a match dave the year was 2009 there was an event called bragging rights and uh at this event this pay-per-view event the main event of the evening the big headlining match was randy orton versus John Cena in an Iron Man, 60-minute Iron Man match. No rules, right? No rules. 60-minute. And for those of you uninitiated, 60-minute Iron Man match means they wrestle for an hour, and whoever gets the most decisions, whether it be a pinfall or a countout, uh, you know, or submission, whoever has the most at the end of 60 minutes, they win the match as a whole. This is an hour-long wrestling. If you don't think that's a big deal go out and wrestle for five minutes i mean if you watch a lot of the amateur stuff and the pro wrestling i mean the the, like the olympics and that sort of thing what you'll see happening is they've got two minute periods three or four two minute periods i think maybe as you get on up in the collegiate stuff it might go three or four minutes but it's not long and and it feels like an eternity when you're out there in the midst of it. it it really does and and this and to perform in front of thousands of people and to do the athletic stuff they do it's no different yeah these guys wrestle for 60 minutes put on a heck of a show we had a little girl my friends that i watch wrestling with they have a little girl she loves john cena she loves john cena whenever he shows up she knows his music she hollers John Cena. in fact and and she's going to kill me when she's older for she's two she's three years old back at christmas her dad was looking online because we were going to kind of surprise her try to surprise her with a john cena t-shirt so he's looking online for like a john cena t-shirt to get for her. and um and as he opens up this one website, it starts playing her music, or playing John Cena's entrance music. She was on the potty, this little three-year-old girl on the potty. She comes running in with her pants down around her ankles, John <laughs> Cena, John Cena, because she is just a trip. Bless her heart. So, uh, but we're watching, and John Cena starts to get beat up, and she starts to cry a little bit. Not annoying, not whiny, not. she just starts to really kind of whimper because John Cena's getting beat. In the waning moments, it was like five to three in favor of Randy Orton as far as the decisions Mm -hmm. during the hour. Ten minutes left to go. John Cena had to get three decisions, unanswered decisions, uh, to win this match. I was up pacing the room like, come on, John. You can do it, John. Come on, John. You can do it, John. I totally get into it. I let myself be just taken out of a lot of times if it's a good match if it's, if it's people that I'm invested in, I let myself get taken out of all the stuff we do as adults. Because the thing about wrestling geekdom is we do the same thing with TV and movies anymore. It's, it's the thing where we just want to pick it all apart and figure it all out. And we do that with wrestling. And yeah. that's part of what makes it fun for us anymore. But, man, it's just like when I go see a good movie and I just let myself be taken out of it. I will get in, and I will cheer, and I will go nuts. Not because they're doing a good job of wrestling, but because my guy is winning. And I will suck it behind it. And uh, and for a minute, I'll forget it's fake. It's really good stuff. <laughs> or not fake. Or not just fake. I'll forget scripted. it's scripted. Yeah, yeah there you go. So, But nowadays, I love, man... I, and I didn't like him. John Cena is, is he's kind of w, WWE. Well, he,
1: I'd say he's their biggest star. He's
0: WWE's front man right yeah. now. And I didn't like him until we went to a show up in Macon. George and me and some friends and I and we were totally we had a sign we'd made because John Cena looks like Marky Mark yeah he does he, does. he looks time. like Mark Wahlberg and he used to rap John Cena his his whole gimmick when he came out after a little bit he was a rapper and he would flow on people like he was actually all right you know I mean it was more poetry than rapping but it was still okay um and uh and so we made a sign that said who knew Marky Mark could wrestle and so at the end of the show John Cena comes out and he defends his title successfully and everything and um he's going around number one he spent in the making coliseum after the match 45 minutes that he didn't have to spend going around in every person's hand that he could get to every hand he could slap every hand he could shake every kid he could wave to he went around the arena and made sure he did it
1: that's awesome i mean
0: that's that's a pretty big deal the second thing is my friend jesse ran down to the front with his sign and found a place by the guardrail, and as John Cena walked by, he saw it. He laughed. He grabbed my friend's hand and shook it and hugged him. And said, "That's uh-uh. That's just wrong, man." And just started laughing. He got the joke, mm-hmm. and and appreciated it. And from that moment on, I was like, "I like this guy. Yeah, he's a he's a decent." human being he's a decent front runner for the company yeah. you know and uh and so when he's on there i'm i'm cheering him on he's got a match this coming week at the elimination chamber yeah that i don't think he's gonna win but i'm so rooting for him too uh-huh. i hope it comes i at least hope he's the one of the last two standing
1: well that's I, I think that's admirable that you still look at it like that See, I mean, and there's a lot of times for me that i wish i could still look at it like that. yeah i wish i could get behind the guys
0: but unfortunately, I've read too many books. I know yeah, that the, yeah, the yeah, dirty yeah. underbelly yeah. of the business. Well, and, and that's the thing. You know, the the wrestler. Did you see the movie The Wrestler? Yes, with I Mickey did. Rourke? It's disturbing how honest a look that is at what happens in the business. Yeah. Um, I don't know that wrestlers aren't taken care of the way they used to not be taken care of once they're done anymore. Right. I think I think that I think there's been a little bit of awareness and sensitivity to these guys who put their bodies through all kinds of crap to perform. To kind of try to help take care of them after the fact, um, but for the longest time it hadn't. You know there hasn't been, right. and and you just would fade into obscurity. Well, even now
1: they're labeled as independent contractors, yeah, and they're not because they're wrestling exclusively for Vince McMahon's right. WWE or. I'm not sure if TNA has the same right structure with the contract. Seems like some of those guys work some independent mm-hmm. days too, but. Vince definitely does not let his people wrestle elsewhere when they're right, contract. right, right. So that doesn't. I mean, if you can, he's letting do to me, some charity shows and that sort of right, thing. Right, but if you can explain to me how that's independent contracting, I mean, that right. would mean they could wrestle on Monday Night Raw and then Thursday show up on TNA, sure, sure, which is how they could do it back when you were talking about Georgia Championship Wrestling. Right, right. A lot of the wrestlers. Well, came that was from because Texas that was all or, part of the
0: NWA right, circuit though. That right. was because you had different. Even the even the old WWWF, I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Worldwide Wrestling yeah. Federation. Yeah.
1: Vince McMahon Sr. I think was on the board of
0: directors of the National Wrestling Alliance. Yeah. So. And that and that the, what the National Wrestling Alliance was for everyone who doesn't know is is you had different um, territories territories that in sections of the country that these guys would get together who were heads of these different territories and to kind of give the wrestlers places to go around the country they'd have one champion of the whole wrestling alliance the national wrestling alliance who would go and defend his belt against people in different territories and uh and so you had in in individual territories jerry lawler in tennessee you know was real big um uh, hogan erics devon erics out in texas yeah you know those kind of people flair down around this way dusty roads down in florida you know, you had these guys who were real popular, and so they would be real big in their territories, and then they might be given the belt, the the title, and get to go around and, and travel. And it's really changed since then. You know, now, uh, and but there's still those independent little yeah groups, and that's what the wrestler's all about, is, is people who do go around to these little shows that maybe, if they're lucky, will fill up a high school gym, yeah. you know, to, to wrestle. I worked with a little independent uh, organization over here, uh, about 30, 45 minutes away from my town that I'm in now, that we would have 20 or 30 people maybe yeah. on a Friday or Saturday night to come watch. And we had some good talent. You know, we had some decent guys. And we had some guys that just didn't need to be even attempting to that, do That was doing. my experience as well. as that. You were a backyarder, though.
1: Well, we were backyard, and we moved to a gym eventually.
0: Backyard but are those videos you see where idiots are busting light bulbs wait, on each other's heads. Now, head and wait stuff. a minute. We had a real ring, and yeah. I never got a, <laughs> had a light bulb busted on me.
1: I did take a, t- a a good chair shot to the back of the head one time, and Joy pretty much
0: told me that was the end of You're my wrestling nuts. career. It cut me up Wife looking bit. out for you. Yeah. Um. Do you have a favorite match or favorite matches in your? I had, in your I do. History? I got.
1: Um, The one I always think about when people ask me these questions are WrestleMania three, Ricky the Dragon's theme over versus Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And you know that match is a good match to watch from a technical standpoint. As far as what these guys do in the ring is amazing. It was at the time really overshadowed by by the uh, by the audience. You know that was my age with the Hogan Andre thing, which wasn't as good a match to watch. But the build up and the story behind it was fantastic i mean i was executed to perfection if yeah. you ask me yeah um for those you don't know andre the giant who's one of the more famous wrestlers of all time yeah he um, uh, he he would always been a good guy and just never got beat i mean you know you couldn't believably beat this guy mm. you know he was huge he was just a huge huge man and he and hogan had actually had some fights you know some or wrestling when matches hogan was, when oh, hogan yeah. was before he I was guess. before he was hulkamania hulk hogan Um, Sterling Golden yeah so Hulk Hogan comes into the W comes back to the WWF after doing Rocky 3 and being out in Minnesota for a little while Um, and he comes in as the Hulkamaniac you know and you know something brother Mm -hmm. when Hulkamania runs wild it's gonna run wild all over you brother no it just turns me on and he (laughs) ripped his shirt off Um, and uh, and Andre was always a good guy Mm -hmm. he was always like the big lovable giant well he got presented they did this whole thing where they presented Andre with like some type of lifetime achievement trophy or something. Hogan was the one coming out to present it yeah, to his was, best This was on Piper's Pit, right? Yeah, yeah, to present it to his best friend Andre the Giant. And uh and Andre just walked out and or while they were presenting to him, Andre just walked off. He just kind of waved it. He just looked disgusted and he walked out. And I remember seeing that on WWF Superstars on a Sunday afternoon. I'm like, What just yeah. happened? And then I I just, I love it when these things are, when they work so good. Then Andre comes out a few weeks later with the worst, most vile villain in the WWF at the time, Bobby Heenan, mm-hmm. who was a manager. Now, the job of a manager a lot of times in wrestling, Dave, is to, you were a manager. What does a manager do? You speak for the wrestler. They yep. can't really speak for themselves. That's right. That's what, well, that's what a lot of people think it is i remember a lot of good managers jim Cornette. you know he used to do his thing and then he'd say tell him so and so and they'd give it to the wrestler yeah. The wrestler could do it but the manager also was to give the appearance of i've helped set this match up yeah and i'm out there in my person's corner to help them through to give them advice as they wrestle and the bad guy managers to cheat yeah and bobby heenan was the master at cheating in the ma- and he hated hulk hogan we'd seen rest this was Before WrestleMania three, at WrestleMania 2 we'd seen the situation with King Kong Bundy. I think Heenan helped Bundy out was the whole thing, you know, during that time. Uh, You know, and we'd seen Hogan go through all these different tests and trials, and at every turn, Heenan was messing him Mm up. Well, this time around, buddy, Heenan had gotten in Andre's head, and Andre comes out with Heenan, and he just takes, and Hogan used to wear this cross around his neck because he was all about the training, the prayers, and the vitamins, brother. And he took the cross off his neck and threw it down on the ground. And I just remember Hogan's face, like, "Don't do this, man. Don't do this." Because Andre challenged him to a title shot. Then, he said, "Don't do this, man. Don't mm-hmm. do this, brother. Andre, we're friends, brother. We're mm-hmm. friends, you know." Oh. Now, I and, remember
1: Piper kneeling down with him when he was looking at his cross, and yeah, yeah. He goes, "Are you? Are you do you accept the challenge?" And like Hogan looked like he was going to say, "Yes." No, and he was like, yeah. yes! <laughs> <laughs> But, dude, the
0: freaking promos that he did before that match, Hogan did, uh, that, there was a reason that Hulkamania was so big. Yeah, absolutely. He got you behind him. So you had a match between Randy the Macho Man Savage, who most of you will know from Slim Jim commercials, and a guy named Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, who was a phenomenal wrestler. Phenomenal. And this match, both of these guys gave a phenomenal performance. Uh, I'm still confused when I go back and look about who I'm supposed to cheer for. I'm you know, not, I mean, part of, part of the uh, Because the whole Elizabeth thing mm-hmm. was so weird. She was all about being with Macho Man, even though he was a bad guy, but she was a good guy. It was just always so weird. Um,
1: it might have been shortly after that that he turned face.
0: Yeah, well, it was.
1: Because by the next uh, by the next WrestleMania is when he wins the title yeah. in the tournament. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, and, and see what happens is at WrestleMania three with this whole buildup behind it, you've got the final match of Hogan versus Andre and it wasn't pretty to watch is what much but man the build up and when hogan picks Andre up and does something no one's ever done and body slams him yeah the place erupted so is that one of your favorite matches it's pro- it's one of my favorite angles of all time mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite storylines and angles and and i love the that's a pop. Yeah, when the people went nuts over uh, Hogan body, slam, body yeah. slam because he tried for it and the and his whole the whole rest of the match his back was hurt. You know, it's like oh, no way he can Hogan hear. he can't do it. He's out. You had you had, uh, you had Jesse the, the body. body Ventura calling with uh, Gorilla Monsoon. He's hurt Gorilla. Oh, <laughs> it was so good. It yeah. was so good. Um, but that match the the thing about it is is, is looking back now as you watch WrestleMania three you have to look and say the superior match though. Was this match, was it for a belt even? Yes, for the Intercontinental title. Was it title. for the Intercontinental mm-hmm. title? Ricky Steamboat versus Macho Man. And and that's a, and that's because both of those guys at the time were really great performers. Macho Man wasn't as blown up as what he got later right. on in life. And, and he was a lot more athletic. And Ricky mm-hmm. Steamboat was a guy who was real fast in the ring. He did some stuff off the top rope, but not... Not they were almost too equals. much. Yeah. They were
1: just about equal with each other. There's a move speed. called
0: an arm drag in wrestling where someone's oh, yeah. coming at you and you take their arm and you and you roll them over your body so that they end up on the mat and you end up kind of on top with some top control. That's a move in actual real wrestling too, mm-hmm. an arm drag. Ricky Steamboat did an arm drag where when you came at him, he would leave the mat and literally flip you through the air with his body and it just looks phenomenal. No yeah. one can do Mm-mm. And I was so impressed to see him do that again when he came back to do his couple of matches oh, against yeah. Chris Jericho. Yeah, uh, That's just how he, I guess, how he learned to do it and did it. Any other favorite matches that come to mind for you? Sting and Flair. Which just one? I'd probably Any say,
1: I mean, you know, the popular ones, the Clash of the Champions. The first, first one. one. I'd probably say the Great American Bash
0: one, though, because that was won. a big storyline. Yeah, build when he won. Yeah. Well, because Sting had legitimately hurt his knee. Yeah, right. He, he had literally hurt himself. And for those of you who don't know, Sting is a, guy with face paint mm-hmm. um Not and he singer. actually owns the name sting. really yeah yeah what sting about Sting? Gordon. uh sting from the police He doesn't really own it like sting does wow sting the wrestler. um he had he had legitimately in real life hurt his knee and he was out he was out on for a while and uh, he came back to really talk and the and the thing is rick flair had a had a group of guys with him called the four horsemen he and three other guys made up the four horsemen uh, in their earliest days, they had a manager named J.J. Dillon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at this point, I don't think Dillon was with them anymore. It was, Ole Anderson was kind of acting. As Ole Anderson a was bit. that's right because the Four Horsemen, the active wrestlers, were Arn, Barry Windham, Arn Anderson, Barry Windham, Sid Vicious, and yeah. and Rick Flair, mm-hmm. and um, and and they were tormenting Sting even through his injury and that sort of thing, and Sting had wrestled as almost a rookie kind of. I mean, not having not been in WCW long wrestled flair to a time limit draw on a on a special event on tbs one time and that was a good match uh this and they joined the horseman right he did join the horseman and that was the whole thing is they busted up his knee yeah you know that was what they that was the story they told but he had legitimately hurt his knee yeah legitimately pulled something messed something up um and when he came back from all his knee surgery and recoup and recouping and everything his first match back was against rick flair for the world title In uh, Baltimore, Maryland, Great American Bash, and he won, and it was awesome. And I'm smiling just thinking about it because it was so much fun. Um, Anything else come to mind, favorite match wise? Uh,
1: Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, uh, sixty minute Iron Man, Man WrestleMania twelve.
0: That set the standard for Iron Man matches. That match, and
1: you know, you could say Shawn's had better matches,
0: and maybe he has, but that one, because it set the stage for the Iron Man match. Yeah, it was so intense. I mean, there was the intensity behind that because these those two guys. They did a lot of work together, yeah. and they made a lot of money for their company together. Yeah. And uh, and, uh, and really, you know, there's a whole... I don't really want to go into the whole nah, screw I job situation that. that went on. It, but th- they also, because they're both so technically good they had some really good matches. Yeah. You know, you didn't have... A lot of times what you have in wrestling, sometimes you have a guy who can really wrestle very well and really put on a good show, and he has to carry the other guy. In other words, he has to make the other guy look good. Yeah. Neither one of these guys had to make the other one look good. They just had to go out and do their thing and make each other look good. And that's and what it, we should say about wrestling in general, though, is, like, you're only as good as your opponent kind of... That's true, yeah. Yeah. of lets you look. Yeah. So, in
1: a way but if you work together yeah you can make you can yeah. tell a fantastic story oh yeah. Oh yeah.
0: one of the one of the, you didn't mention undertaker in your list of favorites no. has he never been one of your favorites
1: i liked him when he was a villain um, yeah. but i don't get the same feel for him that i get like yeah. seeing flair come out Or the thing that
0: impresses me about him is his ability to wrestle in the ring as a big man yeah. i mean he is a big guy he's probably he one could, of the best big guy wrestlers and back in the day you know he could move yeah so, so quick he was so nimble do You know but who else was who PM News? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know who? Yo, could...
0: baby, yo, baby, yo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a little inside to anyone that's a wrestling yes, fan. That's yes. inside
1: <laughs> the Shockmaster. No, um, probably I think Bam Bam Bigelow is overlooked. Yeah, as, like, yeah, really he was wrestler.
0: really a good. He really had some some mobility for yeah. to be as big as he was. Yeah. Um. He yeah, I it, remember that last run he had. He's WCN not as lean as what the old uh, as what the Ultimate Warrior what right. the Undertaker was. Right, you know he he had a lot more chunk about him, but yeah. he was nimble. Yeah, one man gang was actually pretty nimble. He yeah, was. I don't think he could move as well as Bam Bam Bigelow yeah, ever could. But Bam Bam was just yeah
1: something that he'd do cartwheels. Yeah, I mean, God rest his soul.
0: But I mean. Mm-hmm. It was- yeah, so,
1: and that's another thing about wrestling that we probably don't know go into. Yeah, you don't want yeah, to bring it down, but there, right. are,
0: yeah, it, it seems that a lot of people who get involved in this business die prematurely, and like in their forties. Yeah, dying and apart it's really sad. And and yeah, like that, so. and that's where a lot of people get into the whole juicing thing yeah. and, and the steroids and all. That's not necessarily all of it, though. A lot of the times, it's pain pills. Mm-hmm. And and what happens is, is they put their bodies through so much that they are in constant pain, and they become addicted to pain pills, and and um and they're I, you know I think that truly for the sake of the talent sometimes i really think that they need to that these corporate that these businesses these industries need to take a long hard look at the way they make these guys work yeah and and you know and i think what they would find is given a little more time off given a little more lead way to not have to work 300 days a year you know what they would find is they don't hurt these guys they don't put these guys through so much torture and they'd be able to stick around longer. Yeah, I know. You know. You Hogan one of the things he mentioned that I was telling you earlier before we were recording about the spot that he did where he was talking to someone, he talked about how he could barely move in the mornings. How yeah. it was a pain for him to get up in the, you know, and I and I just kind of like choked up as the guy was because he was kind of bearing his soul in the midst mm-hmm. of trying to also do a work. He was shooting as he was working. Yeah. Um class, there see how I use those terms. Um but anyhow, you know it's, you it's 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 a weird yeah. Those of you who are still listening, <laughs> it, it it is it does have a you mentioned it earlier it does have a dark underbelly that I don't like to talk about yeah. because then I can't get behind John Cena as he went in the Iron Man match. I mean,
1: it's out there yeah. for you guys who want to smarten up about some of the uh, downfalls of the business. Yeah. But um, we're kind of focusing on the geek aspect of it. Well,
0: you know, any other favorite matches that come to mind? Um
1: those those three are probably the biggest ones yeah. of course there's been Hundreds, I yeah, go into. yeah, I mean, yeah. Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle, WrestleMania 21. Yes, uh, Shawn Michaels versus John Cena at WrestleMania 23. Was yes, great. yes, it actually had a match on Raw. The rematch of that mm-hmm. was actually so much better, yeah, yeah, yeah. On yeah. Raw. I think it went 45 minutes or something.
0: Oh, uh, listen, um, Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels anybody knows anybody. That. yeah, Shawn, Mi- Shawn Michaels versus rick Flair at WrestleMania 24. I heard
1: that was good, I've never seen it. But, fantastic, yeah.
0: Dave. Oh, it was fantastic. And uh, it was a retirement match for Flair. And Flair decided that at the time, he thought he was not going to be wrestling anymore, being in the ring anymore. And he decided he wanted Shawn Michaels to be the one to send him out. And it was so, like, I sat there and wept. Not wept, but I did get choked up watching it. Um, The Hulk Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior is is still an all-time favorite of mine because it was so neat. Mm -hmm. It was the first time in my memory that you had two faces that were that big going head-to-head. Um, Sting versus Hogan mm. was a big one for me at Starcade of of uh, of 98, mm-hmm. 97, 98, Starcade. Um, any War Games match outside of like the last one, yeah. Um, that because War Games was a match where they took two different rings, put them side by side, and enclosed them both in a steel cage, and you had two teams of four or five, and a member from each team started out. And then at, at two minute intervals, someone from an alternating team would run in. So it'd be three on two, or three on two on one at one point, then two on two, then three on two, then three on three until everyone was in there. And the match proper did not start until everyone was in there. Then War Games began. Right. So you've had people beating the crap out of each other in these cages. And then once the eighth man's in, War Games begins. And the only way, traditionally, they, they watered it down in the later days of WCW the only way to win was submission or surrender. You had to submit or surrender. So you had to say, I quit, basically. And uh, those were some bloody yeah. fun matches to watch, yeah. though, because that's War Games was really where a lot of feuds were settled. Oh, yeah. or it's Kind or of a horse specialty. Up. It was, really, yeah. Um, so. One of my favorites was the Steiners. Well, it was Sting, Luger, one of the Steiners. I forget which one because I think another one had gotten hurt. And Flying Brian Pillman against the four horsemen. And uh and Flying Brian was coming off an injury and he got power bombed by Sid Vicious and they called it. The refs like, no, it's done, yeah. it's done. But it was a good match. It was so much fun to watch. So remember a, he lifted Pillman in, in his head hit atop yeah, of the cage. Yeah. Sid Vicious is so tall. Yeah, yeah. Big man, big yeah. man. I love those war games matches. Um golly, Rock versus Hogan. At WrestleMania, I believe Austin. it was 18. Rock versus Austin 17th, was good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was that was a match. Rock versus Hogan was a match that shouldn't have been good. Somehow Hogan reached down and pulled out a good performance, though. Um, I'd say it was probably well. The,
1: he did have a really good match with Shawn Michaels, but yeah, most of that was
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Was well, most of that was Shawn. But, but you know, the crowd really got behind yeah. that one. That's another thing that when you've got a good crowd, it can help get you. I, these are things, and the reason that these are matches I that I remember is, is like is because I was really as an adult knowing what i know about wrestling i was into hogan versus rock yeah. i was cheering for whoever was going to win because at that point i didn't care it was just that good and that led to my youth group at the time and myself whenever we'd go on beat trips or something we always wore old t-shirts to rip off oh that's Allah awesome, Hulk hogan that's rather awesome. Than, yeah and so uh good times it's a thing where those are the type of matches Favorite, do you have any favorite storylines from the past that you remember? I think there's one we agree on that not everyone else, not every other wrestling fan really likes. Go ahead. The Black Scorpion. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Oh, it'd be so convoluted to get into. but <laughs> I don't it think is. it is because after you mentioned the sting Flare match in yeah. Baltimore. Sting had a few title defenses after that, and he started to be harassed by this character calling himself the Black Scorpion. This guy would come out dressed all play, in black. They played his voice over yeah, the intercom. they played his voice over the intercom, I and mean, it sounded like Doctor Claw. Yes, it did. And, uh, and he's like Sting, Sting, here I am. And he would do magic tricks. Yes, he turned a guy into a tiger. Turned the guy's head all the way around. He disappeared. He came. and He'd show up and disappear. Then he'd be on one side of the arena, then on another side of the arena, and he was just really messing with Sting's mind, playing mind games with Sting. Um, so Sting had a few successful title defenses, and finally. He just got tired of putting up with the Black Scorpion. He would fight him, and he'd go to take his mask off. There'd be another mask on under there. And then the real one would walk out. The real out one on would him. walk out. Yeah. He'd be fighting. It'd be some weird person that you don't know, and the real one would walk out laughing, and, and, and Sting would just be like, what's going on? Finally, he was going to get the Black Scorpion in a cage at Starrcade, and, uh, a bit, which is which was WCW's big wrestling event mm-hmm. every year. It happens at the end of the year every year. And um, and as they, as they were introducing the Black Scorpion, Four guys came out as the black scorpion and uh, and then watching it then I'm like that body looked tight looks familiar that that mm. big guy really looks familiar, and then here comes the black scorpion in a sparkling robe, and he spreads his arm out in it and everything, but he doesn't really uh props to the guy who was the black scorpion because you didn't you knew it, but you couldn't be sure right until finally. Uh, after the match was over, Sting won. He, he defended his title against the Black Scorpion. As he went to unmask him, all heck breaks loose in the cage. They come in. The people with the mask on happen to be the members of the Four Horsemen. And the Black Scorpion himself was Ric Flair. Flair. Yep. And I just thought that was. It was. A I thought it was good. I thought it was a great. I yep. know a lot of people don't like yeah. that old. I love it. Do you I have like any it. other favorite. The
1: NWO when it started, yeah, it's really yeah, yeah. big, and that's really helped me stay on track with rec- mm-hmm. with wrestling. Wrestling, so I was at that age where girls might have been a little more important than yeah, wrestling. But yeah, lo and behold, I sat at home on the weekends watching. Well, wrestling.
0: when Hogan came out, because all our lives we knew Hogan as a as a good guy, yeah, and when he turns bad, man, that just turns your world upside yeah. down. Yeah. And being said, I was a huge Sting fan too. I was never an N.W. Were you an N.W.O. fan when they were in their heyday? Early on, because you had people, you were either NWO or you were WCW.
1: Oh, I was always pulling for WCW, yeah. but again, I was kind of smart. You recognize the them, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So.
0: I just I was all about Sting. I couldn't wait for that match because Sting Hogan match was one of my favorites because that was a great build up. Yeah, That's something was. that took guts on their part. They kind of to take the their indie, most yeah. to take their most charismatic front runner wrestler, put him on the shelf and shut him up and make him this dark brooding character in the in the rafters um for months and then finally he came down and kicked butt it was like over a year i think and then finally he came down and started swinging a bat on some people and stuff and um and then to finally say he wanted you know to finally get hogan um and have that match and yeah they they botched the ending i think nick patrick didn't do what he was supposed to right. do the referee didn't count as fast as he was supposed to to, to usher in the air of Bret hart but uh but they had the rematch at yeah. the super brawl right. and it worked out much better um which you you got by the way i do have it um and uh and i don't know i just that that story really was good the end yeah. uh, the whole end of that the nwo though was something that and i saw this after the sting match uh when they tried to keep it going yeah. beyond that super brawl where where Sting and Hogan fought and it and it started to shift into are you red and black, Wolf and they tried to, back like, causing mass it a few destruction. Times. Guess who's here? The bad boys are <laughs> wrestling. Uh yeah, they tried to reinvent it, redo it, and then the NWO two thousand came along and that didn't and it's like they never they should have had the NWO the defeated yeah. once and for all, you know, and then maybe come back later as just a what we call a stable yeah, or right. a team. Uh, a, a team of, of people. Um, any other favorite angles that you can think of? Any other favorite storylines?
1: Well, in recent years, it's probably Shawn Michaels' return from... He was retired for four years. Yeah, yeah. And his return back to feud with Triple H yeah. really kept me interested in wrestling for a long yeah. time. Um, trying to think of some in TNA, maybe. They had the main event mafia recently. I'm not See, I'm not familiar enough with yeah. them to really... And TNA comes on Spike TV. Mm-hmm. They're about to start... Now the, we hadn't talked about the money. We haven't wars. talked about the money. All right, let's wars. just wait and we'll plug all the shows at the end. But <laughs> we w- okay, go we, ahead. You go ahead, Dave. WCW was always number two. They didn't have the recognition nationally that right. Vince McMahon and WWF at the time did. Right. Um, Vince had a show as long as I can remember on Monday nights called Primetime Wrestling. This morphed into WWF Raw, mm-hmm. Monday Night Raw, mm-hmm. which was live every week.
0: Was it live? I remember, and weren't or they in like live a, sometimes early on, weren't they like in a, in the same arena? Yeah, every they week, were like in the small? Hammer,
1: I think it was the Hammerstein Ballroom. Yeah. Anyway, um, so the story goes that Ted Turner said, Eric, Eric Bischoff was running WCW, and mm-hmm. he says, uh, what do you need to compete with these guys? And he said, give me two hours on Monday night. And Ted Turner said, okay, you got it,
0: and gave him some... Gave it to him on TNT, of all places. On TNT, and... And they, they already they had... The, the neat thing is, is Nitro wasn't a term that was made specifically for WCW at that point. Nitro was what they called their Monday Night Time Slot, and they'd show like a guy movie. They'd show yeah, like an action right. movie. And so fi- and so suddenly, Monday Nitro becomes... Wrestling. becomes in, It becomes WCW's thing. And they debuted... From the, Ge- from the Mall of – uh no, the Mall of Georgia. From the Mall of America I'm in Minnesota. Saying. And I remember they, they – I remember when it came on and Raw wasn't on that week. They had the dog show or something. Yeah. <laughs> one of those weeks. Which, one of those hey, weird this weeks. week it got preempted. They yeah. moved the dog show to CNBC. That's the first time I remember yeah, that happened. Yeah, I do too.
1: I do too. So they fought for a good
0: – See, I think Nitro came on in the fall of 95. Yeah, and by fault like we that. mean they went head-to-head. Head-to-head. And, and listeners of this show are familiar with the idea of ratings and how important they yeah. are, but they fought for ratings, cable ratings. And WCW beat
1: Nitro. I'm sorry, WCW Nitro beat Raw for, I used to know the number, it's like 70-something weeks in a yeah. row.
0: Maybe not 70. It, no, it was a good year. I mean, it was close to a year and a half.
1: So 70-something <sighs> yeah, would be was right. From, it was from fall of
0: 95 until about march or april of 98 yeah i believe until well, that's Raw. more than 70 something weeks yeah yeah they, they were they were ahead for a while and it was because of the induction of this and it wasn't because of hulk hogan right it wasn't because these characters came in it was because nitro started a, a formula they were trying to surprise you every and week they did and they did they they successfully did that for a while but then it got to be where you're expecting it and they just couldn't maintain I don't think financially they could maintain what no. they were doing, the people they were trying to bring in. And creatively they couldn't maintain the shock and awe. Of and one it. of the things that was
1: really good about Nitro that I think we're all misses sometimes is the wrestling. They had the Luchadors who could yeah. They really had the guys wrestle. from Mexico yes
0: who who not just could wrestle but those guys could fly yeah exactly. Those guys were just zipping all over yes. the place. These little tiny guys just and you didn't see that on on Raw you and saw... you still don't and no, and you, you see don't. guys like Rey Mysterio who are still very popular who really need they really need to make him a division yeah uh, that he can be dominant in against a guy like an Evan Bourne. Who was also really good? He's really talented. You know but you the know, people.
1: The rumors, Vince is so big on the big guys. Yeah, man. he's always he's just, been
0: big on the giants, and and that's don't. one thing that Nitro really kind of, uh, kind of played back over that was, well, look what we can do. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that was so much fun to watch those matches. You really did. That was so much. That was a blast to watch those yeah. matches. Yep. The other thing I heard, I heard one of the wrestlers talking recently about the one thing that WCW never seemed to be able to do was create a star. Um, Very true. They took stars from elsewhere you know and 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 they in the minute they came in they were dominant you know whereas and so it made their talent look second rate um i thought that was a really good argument to be made about the fact that if i have a if i have a product and someone else over here is selling the same product and somehow i get a piece of their product i'm not going to let it dominate what i've got right off the bat you know i'm going to I'm going to make it because that makes me look second-rate to this. Now, I'm not going to treat that product poorly because it's basically the same as what I got. But, you know, I'm not going to put the world title on them right off the bat. You know, and I think that's... as
1: all the WCW guys found out when Vince bought them, that they all pretty much...
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the ones that went, but, you know, they were also... There were some that had very successful runs eventually in, in WWE. WWF. Eventually, yes. Um, well, it's, And I don't think that's unfair. You know, uh, other than when that all went down, and now we're going to get into some of the stuff that where we kind of part ways on. When Vince McMahon, owner of WWF, bought WCW, my biggest criticism of the whole thing was he should have bought a few of those big guys' contracts, brought in some of the really big names, some of the headlining names, and uh had a legitimate wwf versus wcw thing go on and if he wanted wwf to win that's fine but he wouldn't have to bury the wcw guys in the in the in the in the process Uh, what happened was the talent that he did get immediately from wcw wasn't the top tier talent and the one or two guys he did have he was scared to put them over too much but you think about it booker t eventually got that wcw title put around his waist um he became a u.s champion again he became a world champion um you know i he he became he He's probably Booker. the exception yeah well i think diamond dallas page had a good run it's just he his a, it's just his story arc never took yeah his you know sto- never took root
1: well, it was a weird story he yeah it was the undertaker's wife yeah and was just yeah kind
0: of, and why would he need to do that when, he, with, have when he's married storm, to kimberly
1: yeah and then they have lance storm run out and do some run-in that didn't make sense and I think the whole thing was here we have a chance to really do this thing. I think
0: they just ended up with way too much talent on their hands. Yeah. I think Vince ended up with way too much ta- and that's why I think that it's a good thing in a way that we're going back to these Monday night wars. Yeah, I agree. Because I think you've got you've got the fans have the option to watch what they want to watch, what other brand they like better, and your talent has an option to not feel like compelled to be in one place for two you know, if they don't like what's going on. And
1: which leads us to we have TNA Wrestling now.
0: On Monday nights at 8. It's Monday nights at... No, it's nine, actually no, it's 9. To, like, yeah, it's going to they're going head-to-head go head to head head. To head. with nine WWE Raw. 9 to 11 Raw. on Spike versus WWE Raw on Monday nights In on USA. USA. And that'll be... That starts March 8th, the Monday night... But I, my thing is, though, Dave, I don't know that it's going to be a war, per se. I don't think that TNA can compete with WWE right now.
1: They might be able to get the numbers that Spike wants them to get right now, but I, I agree with you that they're not gonna. That's not gonna be. It's not gonna be me waiting around Tuesday, March 9th, going.
0: I wonder if, uh, you know, TNA right. beat WWE. It's not gonna happen. You're talking about a program that has consistently beat in ratings NBA games. Yeah. On Monday nights that air on Monday nights. You're talking about a program. That has consistently beat major league baseball games that air on cable on monday nights and i'm talking about raw here mm-hmm. you know you're talking about a program that has consistently out done has done phenomenal things for a cable television show ratings wise yeah. i don't know that with the fan base it has that people are going to really buy into what tna is doing i don't know either i don't know that i buy into it i'm trying I'm trying to. I mean, I, it's it's frustrating. They had stuff. that six sided ring, and they finally got rid of it. Yeah, I'm glad they got We're rid different. of
1: it. I'm so glad to get rid. of it. Uh, <laughs> and like when they got rid of it, I remember going, "Huh, that's kind of that's weird. It's a little jarring to look at me and not see." And then I thought, "I've been wanting them to get rid of it." What but am it I opens about? up the arena a little more. Yeah, it does. Like it,
0: it it forced the audience to be pushed back a little bit, so the arena feels a little more open. They're in a, and the thing about where they do, they record from a studio down in Universal Studios uh florida yeah and um and they never really go around to these big arenas not for events i'm I'm telling you what yeah they've got to get to some arenas yeah and they've got to get some fans that aren't like you and i who just know what's going on that can that'll do like me and get excited about something you know lose themselves in the moment and i would say this you know we got to wrap it up we're coming in on a two-hour mark of, of a show or we can keep going for a little bit longer but um I would say this to people who aren't wrestling fans and who may be willing to watch it, or if you used to watch it and you think about getting back into it for me, the best way to watch it is just to watch it you know um when i when I was in college, I was on the wrestling sites every day, I was looking at the newest rumors, all the spoilers for what was coming up. I was engrossing myself in it, and I became very cynical about what I was watching and just like any geek thing, I mm-hmm. began to be the guy who could do it better, who yeah. had you know who had all these opinions. But the truth of the matter is, is when I just said, screw all that, I'm never going to be part of the WWE's writing staff. I'm right. never going to be the person they call and say, do you want to book a few matches for us? I'm never going to be a, 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 a bro- – though, Dave, let me tell you something. I know from the bottom – and I don't – if you're out there and you're from TNA or you're from WWE, you have connections in any way – Here's what I want you to understand. I know with everything that I am, I can call a match better than Mike Tenay, <laughs> who is the broadcaster for TNA. And that's Mike Tenay has a great deep wrestling knowledge. He is he's a I think he does a good job in the color commentator spot. Yeah. I can call a match. I can call I can lead better than he can. I can call a match. Better than the guy they've got doing it on SmackDown right now. You
1: can call a match better than Michael Cole, too. I don't want to go there with Michael, Michael Cole. Michael Cole is terrible. Because
0: he's got the chair when it comes to Raw. He's terrible. But I, I think I can do it. Michael I mean, Cole, if you're listening, you're terrible. I, I, mm, you
1: come across on television like a moron. I
0: could not I could not call better than Jim Ross. No, I don't think anybody could. I don't think I could call better than a Vince McMahon. No, no. Uh, I know I couldn't do as good as Tony Schiavone. A gorilla. Or oh, gorilla monsoon. Yeah. Uh, Tony Shivani, I have I have nothing but respect for the way he called matches. I he, thought he did a phenomenal job. Do you know he
1: does the Gonet Braves? Yeah. The league yeah. team for the Braves. He
0: also he also does some stuff with the Bulldog Radio with, with cool. Georgia Bulldog it's Radio. It's cool to hear his voice. It is so cool to hear it's his surreal, voice. It is surreal. It's funny. Yes. I don't
1: know. That's the same Tony Shivani. Uh,
0: I just want to hear him say, "Oh my god, here comes Hogga, <laughs> We're out of time. <laughs> We're out of time. <laughs> <laughs> um I know I could and and if you with this, this podcast will hopefully have twenty five hundred downloads as as, as as usual. In that amount of people, there has to be someone that is connected to someone that is connected to someone. Throw them my way. I, I'm I'm serious. Like dream job, maybe, maybe my dream job is to call wrestling, is to be yeah. the lead man of wrestling. And I'll tell you something else, Dave. Just to put this bug in your ear. Not a lot of good wrestling podcasts out there.
1: No, there's not, and uh... I've
0: looked for them. Not a lot of quality.
1: Well, I've tried to uh <clears throat> get one going, <laughs> and I've had no takers so far.
0: So. Uh, well, you know, I, mm, I'd love. <laughs> I, I can't put another <laughs> one on my plate. Is the only thing I can't I put know. another one on my plate. uh Any anything else you want to talk about, like classic wrestling, favorite stuff ever? I, I just this is a thing. Like when we get through tonight here, when we get through recording, we're gonna go. Cook supper We're going to sit around Talk We're going to geek out And we're going to Throw in some wrestling yep. And we're going to Sit around tonight And we're going to Watch wrestling And And I've just become Immersed in it uh, As of late again And just ab- You know not where I was not where I'm not just casually watching anymore. Right. Where I am, I found myself on a wrestling website yesterday, looking at some stuff like behind the scenes, and I'm like, gotta stop. That's one thing
1: we could talk about is wrestling websites. If you wanted to plug a couple, I don't really have any to plug anymore. Okay.
0: Used to it would have been OneWrestling.com back in the day, but one they've wrestling, all gone to all premium stuff anymore. Um,
1: ProWrestling.net is a really good one. Yeah, um, most of it's free. Mm-hmm. Uh, PW Torch. It's always going to have good editorial mm-hmm. stuff. Not all of it's free. I think it's only seven bucks a month or they're, something like that. Their podcast isn't very good. The Pro Wrestling Torch. Yeah, they actually, they're on the Blog Talk Radio. Thing. Yeah, and they take calls. I've called
0: in a couple of times and talked to them. Yeah, I just I don't I don't know that I enjoy their stuff that they do on their sounds. Their sound, not sound good. quality. Yeah, the sound quality that, that not puts good, me off. I think they use that put, says the amateur. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> I'm I'm such a better podcast. I mean, I mean, than they are. I mean, as far are. as their knowledge, they, oh sure, they're probably sure, sure. Not. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. PW yeah. Torch is the place to go. Yeah. so I but, can't. Uh, but I, there's not a lot. Of, there's not any real podcast. There's the WrestleCast, which is a. Mm-hmm. They're very sporadic in how they put things out because they're in the UK mm-hmm. and it's just interviews. They just do interviews and um, shoot interviews with different wrestlers that are able to come through. They're able to get a hold of. And and so you know it, it's it's going to be you're going to have several weeks between yeah. an episode being released. But I enjoy listening anytime you've got a wrestler on talking kind of candidly about the business and what's mm-hmm. going on with him. I like listening to that.
1: There's some good books that should be read. I think uh, Mick Foley's Mick Foley's first book. Have a book, nice day. Have a nice
0: day. Is, should it, be is fascinating.
1: Essential reading to a wrestling fan.
0: That is the most real one of them yeah. all. I mean, he he wrote that himself and and put it out there and. And it really kind of tells a raw story of kind of mm-hmm. what's going on behind the scenes with him and, and how life is.
1: Even if you don't, even if you don't know his or like think of yourself as a huge fan of his, he's got great stories.
0: He really does. I mean, he is a captivating storyteller.
1: Bret Hart's. I'm about halfway through. Yeah, and it's. Good. I just
0: can't imagine staying awake through the first couple of pages because Bret Hart on the mic puts me to sleep. There it is. I said it. All you Bret Hart marks out there.
1: Oh man, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna.
0: I'm not biting. <laughs> I'm not saying in the ring he's a bad performer, but I'm saying on the mic he just he can
1: be good in a certain situations. I'd like to hear it. Okay. I should have brought you, my Bret Hart DVD. I defy
0: you. I defy you to show me him good on the mic. I defy you. So yeah. he's passable on a mic. Well, when he much has like to be. myself,
1: uh, he relies on the others to carry the
0: show. Any other books you can think of to?
1: that might be worthwhile reading i don't think the hogan ones that i haven't read his new one but the one previously wasn't the first
0: one was real i mean it was definitely the one thing about all these guys in the business is they get in such a mindset of they have to sell themselves that you're going to hear a very one-sided story of their life
1: i think eric bischoff's is probably a good one if you want to know the behind the scenes of wcw stuff
0: Mm -hmm. that's a really good one to read cool so I haven't it. read that one. Uh, DVDs worth picking up, I would say, uh, the rise and fall of WCW is a neat one to watch for behind-the-scenes stuff.
1: The rise and fall of ECW. Uh,
0: Dusty Rhodes. The Dusty mm-hmm. Rhodes DVD has a great documentary on him and kind of tells his wrestling story. Um, the Starcade DVD is mm-hmm. good. It, it kind of has a history of the the first big pay-per-view type event was Starcade. Yeah. And and it has it has kind of the history of that um for matches you know they all have these documentaries on them and then some just have straight matches on them um the i recently picked up the history of the world championship if yeah. you want to rent something neat and a neat look into the world of wrestling rent the history of the world title if you're but not a do you wrestling rent these fan, things? Do you have to get them off netflix you or? can get them on netflix you can go to your local uh video store and you know. rent really yeah. they've got them at the store here local okay. store That's here good. um but yeah you can get them on netflix and uh yeah it's good stuff i mean it these are these are things worth picking up and watching if you ask me yeah. um i can't really you know other than if you if you are a wrestling fan and you've got some favorite matches then you know you know which one you know where to find those on what events to find those and everything so uh, you know, we did we barely scratched the surface. I know. I know. What what I want to do now is get you and my cousin Jason in here all at the same time and let's really go off on it. I, I think will. I think it'd be good times. Well, we hope you've stuck with us today, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. We do. Hope you've learned a little bit and, and had a good time with us. I've had a blast, Dave. I have too. I appreciate it's you coming always on. Always fun doing this. I appreciate you. you coming on with me. Um before we go, need to let you know what's coming down the pipe for Geek Out Loud. <clears throat> Goal Nation. Here we go. Number one, uh, our friend Kim Jordan, listener and friend of the show Kim Jordan, is starting up uh, getting ready for her walk uh, for Autism Speaks. Uh, They've got their walk. We, We joined up with her last year to help raise money, and pretty soon you'll be able to go to the site and find a link to where you can help donate to help uh, her raise money. Last year, we set a goal of $3,000 to try to raise through the podcasting audience or listening audience, the greatest listening audience in the universe, by the way, um, uh, to raise for her. And, uh, and we're going to do the same this year. Our goal is still 3000 because we didn't meet it last year. So I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. Our goal is 3000 As Kim gets me the information, we'll get it linked up and we'll let, make sure to let you know. On that note, uh, on episode, as I've already mentioned, episode 75 of the Media Junkyard I was on and won the title of Jedi Master of the Media Junkyard. Awesome. So, yeah. So uh, that was pretty cool, I guess. Um, we wh- Where else have I been lately? Nowhere. <laughs> Nowhere. I've had no guest appearances lately. Of course he does. co host you. Yeah. The Smallville. Yeah. SmallvillePodcast.com. Yeah. Trying to think of the plugs. Vortex is coming back, Dave, I hear yep and that's my uh sci-fi uh podcast coming off of the coming off a hiatus coming back to Podbean. yeah we haven't <laughs> got to be tearing up those podbean servers did i tell you our site crashed and no. nobody told us nice it was way like to go, fans. i saw yeah i saw something on the forums about way to go fans <laughs> But you guys haven't been putting out any content no, yeah, for anyone yeah, to know. So, and and I but don't that's say, all about to change. Yeah, we
1: apologize for that. We did have some real life stuff going on, so
0: that's fine. Everyone understands that. I definitely we're back that.
1: and we're gonna try to go back to um, bi-weekly, mm-hmm. two a month, maybe three a month if we're lucky. And um, hopefully, we'll get you we'll get you on soon to talk New yeah, Hope. Hopefully. Yeah, that's what I want to do.
0: I'd love to, love to. Uh, I'd love to take you guys to school. Yeah, I'm sure you will about a New Hope. Um... Although I'm pushing for you to come on when we start doing Christopher Reeve Superman movies, so. that'll be fun. Yeah. I'll do that. You really need to try to get Bailey to do that. He could probably he's probably close enough. He could drive to where you guys are. Yeah, maybe. Um, other than that, show dot com is one of the things I'm really excited about right now. It's Derek and I doing a podcast where we just talk, tackle three topics every week. Show dot com, Show. There's a lot going on on the internet. That's why I look and I say I'd love to do a wrestling podcast. I'm tempted to try. One day, sir. I really am tempted to let's try. Um, So we'll pray about it and see (laughs) how it goes. Um, Everybody out there, send us your Yeah, email us. Hey, email me, geekoutonline at gmail.com. Let me know how much you hated or loved this episode because I really would like to... We just scratched the surface, and I really would like to get into more of this stuff uh, down the road. But next episode is going to be me and the guys from the Unknown Regions. They're coming on. I'm not going to lie to you. They've said some things about the Clone Wars that that kind of got under my skin as a fan. And so what I've asked them to do is come on and let's have a heart-to-heart about this whole Star Wars Expanded Universe thing uh, versus what's out there on screen, whether it be on the TV or in the films. And... um, (laughs) Look at—they're great guys. You know, it's not—I don't think it's going. to... We're not going to have a big SmackDown, but I think it should be fun. Should be a good time with those guys. So, do what? <laughs> no pun intended. No pun intended. Yeah, SmackDown. <laughs> we didn't even talk much about The Rock or Steve Austin or how great uh, they are on you the mic. Scratched the surface, we did. Good. There's so many. There's so much. We never talked about Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. Oh. so much, Dave. Now you—you you mentioned that when you did your cartoon episode, yeah. didn't you? yeah? Yeah, so I you guess. It a little bit. I not think. much. Not enough. Not enough. Well, now you know that we're wrestling fans. Yeah, we're I not completely closet. outed myself. Yeah, we're not closet wrestling fans that's anymore. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, Dave, uh, thanks again for being with us, sir. Enjoyed it.
1: Thank you. Hope to come back.
0: To everyone else, email us geekoutonline at gmail.com. The, the website is geekoutonline.com or geekoutpodcast.com is the home of the podcast. Uh, the forums, which really, frankly, the only things that are have in the forums are views from the Long Box and the front lines right now. I just haven't been active on them. I, I do more Twitter than anything anymore. But uh, the forums are—you hate Twitter, by yeah? The I way. do hate Twitter. Geekoutpodcast.com slash forums. Steve's gonna
1: come back before. I'm
0: gonna try. I'm gonna Ooh. make it. Okay. Um. Okay, Dave. Okay. Yeah. For Dave Jones, who needs to shut up. I'm Steve Glosson. We'll see you guys next time on Geek Out Loud. Thanks for being with Bye. us. Bye.